I'm okay. saying this one's not going to be as long as those. Oh, so you, there is time. You are so crazy. You are insane. <laughs> These are things that we are all just. We've said super that every time. About. Also, right. Like, everything on this list. Point. Everything on this list. Like, if we don't talk about it for at least two hours, I will be surprised. At least mine. <laughs> You've got yeah. two hours of content to put out. Regardless of what we have to say, are you just yeah, gonna say I can't go here. first? We're more here just as guest listeners and guest speakers. Yeah, this is just, I wanted to record the sound of my own voice, but I'm clearly not entertaining enough. So I brought <laughs> can, you I, can I tell you what I thought we were gonna do? What? <laughs> so I thought what you had tasked us with was to also record us individually, like we on our own, talk about our top five. And then we play those recordings that we made individually <laughs> for the group. So I knew the, that was stupid when you said it. The, right. And then I thought about it for a second and I was like, oh, that's so dumb. I was already fighting you though, so I couldn't I couldn't right. bring myself to do it. The so original then it plan funny again with how stupid it was. The original plan was gonna be uh I sit down with each one of you guys individually and talk about your top five of the year. Which is why I don't I'll have an intro plan. for this, because I was gonna have like I was gonna be kind of weirdly genuine with all of you guys and just like sit and talk about things that we love, and then it became we're just doing a regular podcast again, but we're talking yeah, about I, top five. I want to do that one though. Well, we're here. We're already. Oh, it's time. Yeah, it's like an excellent show. <laughs> it was gonna be something like that, and then I was going to maybe stitch a few of them together. And then release them as maybe separate episodes. I didn't know where I was going to go with that. But once again, the whole thought was I thought that we had time constraints and I was going to make it work with everybody. But now it's a podcast. Now we're doing the podcast. I think you should still have a one on one with Kristen when he can get in. Yes. And then you just splice him in between <laughs> wherever you want. <laughs> Tristan's nonsense fits best, and he's just like nonsense. Him what in. I would do is I'd have ADR him like do, the do a couple of uh, takes where he's like, "Wow, that was really interesting," with everybody else's name, and then have him lead him to something else. So I could have, I could bring Tristan alive. I love puppeting Tristan. I'm done with bullshit. At this point, I'm merely amused. 22, checking in, it's like a yearly review. I ain't making no commitments less I'm seeing it through. And that shit ain't always easy to do. Nah, it ain't easy to Welcome to the Hanging Out With Podcast. Tonight, we have no gimmicks. Because tonight is the single most important thing of... What's so important about tonight? The Halkery thing. This is our first annual year review. We got a lot of things to talk about. We really don't. But we do. we're passionate big- about a bunch of this stuff. I have tasked my fellow castmates with coming up with the top five things that they encountered this year. It could be a weird drawing of a cat. It could be an immersive experience. It could be a video game. Regardless, it had a profound effect on us, and we're going to talk about it. It might be things we've talked about this year. It might 
be something you haven't ever heard about because we're not we we're we're not good at recording things all the time. Sometimes we just have conversations with each other. Sometimes we don't even tell each other about nothing. But regardless, we are going to get into it. It's going to be heartfelt and we're going to love every last second of it. And I'm going to introduce my uh, my three friends. Resolution to do the podcast more often? Huh? No. Do you no, want to talk about this resolution? <laughs> My New Year's resolution was to do this podcast less. <laughs> and here you are anyway. So uh, I'm, I'm not doing a good job. I have four people here who are stuck in the past, stuck in 2022. And the only way to release them is to talk about five things that they love. First up, you got me. I'm John. I'm here. I'm always here. I never get to leave. Uh, and then we've got James. Hey. He's a he's a smooth, groovy boy. I'm a I'm a ghost of '70s past. I love disco, and I love uh, completely impractical shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Daniel. You know him. You love him. Hey, you also love to hate him. You love to hate him. Uh, you are the villain of the show. <laughs> he is the. I feel like me and Dan take turns becoming the heel of the show, and I appreciate that. I think we both wanted enough, and we let each other tag out often enough that it's fair. It's not easy being bad, <laughs> but it is fun. It is so fun. And last up, we have. The special guest of the Howcast and of my heart. It's Skyler. <laughs> I got you again. Ah, I, 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 uh, that was a good one, actually. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that was like I'm scared again. <laughs> so that's just our inside joke. Nobody else needs to know. No, it, <laughs> I love opening with an inside joke. Open with an inside joke to get inside the podcast. <laughs> Let's get inside our top five list. So get this bread. I'm going to switch up the order in which we go to people, but I will say what number we're on and how we're going to do this is we're going to start from the bottom. We'll all go through five. Then after that, we'll go to four. And if you guys are good at counting after that is a three. And if you guys are really <laughs> good at counting, then we're at one. What? Think, think. So these should okay. be in order, yeah? <laughs> yes, these should be at a, in order. I was hoping that joke would go over a little bit better. So, um, without further ado... <laughs> get a little confused halfway through. <laughs> without I didn't further, know when to do three. Three comes in between one and five. Somebody else go first. I can't figure this out. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll just follow. So um, we're going to get into it. Uh, <laughs> I have no clue how long this is going to take. So for the, the sake of brevity, uh, there's no way this is going to be a, a, a small podcast. I just want everybody to know, and I'm so sorry. We're going to start we can make those. with five, and we're going to start with Daniel. Tell me what your number five, top five thing. Of 2020. So I think the uh, piece of media I have to put in my number five slot 
Um, it's kind of hard because all of these really deserve a number one in different ways. But uh, to break it down, I think we're going to start with actually another podcast. And uh, I think it's appropriate because it was brought to me by my old pal James here. Uh, it's called Fuckface. And that shit is awesome. <laughs> what is Fuckface about? So Fuckface is a Rooster Teeth podcast, sort of. Uh, it's got, you know, Gavin and Jeff, who are, you know, uh, Rooster Teeth regulars, and then their friend Andrew Pant, who uh, is a Canadian, and also, uh, I guess, a regular cast member for, like, Achievement Hunter stuff when they were doing it at the time. But really, it's just them hanging out kind of in the same way that we are. But uh, they put more or less effort into the show, and they get into nonsense. And it's been a really good time, just Jim sharing that with me, me catching up from the back catalog, and being able to, like, have camaraderie about that. In fact, it's one of the few things that I've, like, bought merch from. They had a, a product, it's called a Gerpler, which is supposed to be a giant cup, and they, they advertised, they pitched it as having all of these features, like little wheels that you could, like, move it around on, and, and like, an aperture top to the cup so it wouldn't spill and like hydrofoils so that it was like aerodynamic you could drink it faster you know all things that you you like about <laughs> accessibility eating um but it had stability fins yeah uh <laughs> it's just a litany of stupid shit like that all the time and it uh <laughs> i guess to even be more promotional they were just nominated for like best buddy podcast so <laughs> Uh, maybe next year we'll be eligible for that, but I, it's just nice him. to have <laughs> another thing to share with a friend. And it's been, you know, regular listening. It was on my Spotify wrapped even. <clears throat> so it's just been a great time. Are you a big podcast guy? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. I, I, I mean, I am on one. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I fancy, I fancy a podcaster too. Um, we like a podcaster at the Howcast. Can I ask about the? Gerpler for a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I hate. It's to really you, contentious, but yeah. What I received uh, was not anything that we thought it was going to be. It's a wide mouth Pizza Hut glass. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jimmy and I had our own fucking like feud over who because I, I we ordered two because we both wanted them and I was like I don't know this doesn't look right but we did it anyway like in the heat of a moment because we thought they were gonna sell out. And uh, there's a long I, history of unique merchandise on the show selling out almost instantly. This did not occur with the Gerpler. I believe that they are still in stock. They're desperate to get rid of them, trying to shovel them out of the store. Uh, okay, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, I hope that I kept mine out of spite, but I was trying to force Jimmy's into his hands, and that was an arduous task. I. Uh, I know there was a lot of like promise in the Gerpler, but I'm so happy that the Gerpler turned out to be as Gerply as I thought it would be. It's really good for chugging, and that's about it. Yeah, you got a Gerp up, man. Are you? It's, can I ask you a personal a, question right now? It's a well-made plastic cup. It just costs twenty-five dollars to have the logo of a different show printed on the side. Um, uh, are you using your your Gerpler right now? Uh, no, right now I'm using my avatar to the shape of the way of water cup. Ah, 
I'm uh, also drinking out of my James Cameron's The Avatar 2, The Shape <laughs> of the Way of the Water. I, uh, I'm rocking my uh, Thor Love and Thunder cup. Nice. Which I think I do love would a promotional also, cup. also, like, rival the Gurpler in, in, in girth. We might call it the Gurthler. <laughs> the the that'll be ours. Yeah, we'll, we'll come out with the Gurthler. Um, Instead of being a wide mouth, it's a wide bottom, and it's really hard to drink out of. <laughs> I actually bong. like that a lot. It fits in no cup holders. That's a guarantee. Just the bong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for drinking. It's for drinking. Um, awesome. Uh, is there any? Is there anything else with the uh, fuckface that you want to mention? Where can people Not... listen to this? Spotify. Spotify, YouTube. Sometimes they cut like. Uh, supplemental content that turns into videos uh, but really wherever you typically listen to podcasts I feel like it's out there awesome cool well let's get into our next number five um, I'll take this I'll be the number five because I am a five because I'm, I'm not I think you're five. a five out of three wow that's very nice what kind of ranking yeah, system is that, James? <laughs> uh, what is the line from Bojack? It's it's you got a four hundred eighty out of a billion. <laughs> uh, so, um, the first two things on my list are extremely flawed pieces of media. Yeah, uh, but like they mean so much to me, and uh, this is something I'm going to talk about. Uh, there's a chance that we're going to spoil everything on this list. So uh, much like everything else, uh, spoilers are are big and plentiful here. So number five for me is uh, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time. Um, so this uh, this year, me and my partner went through... All of the Evangelion uh, rebuild movies, we went through uh, the original series, we went through uh, 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 End of Evangelion, um, it was her first time seeing everything, so we could get up and watch Evangelion uh, 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time. Um, and the rebuild movies have been kind of like a, a, a point of contention uh, with the Evangelion fans and like they are a mixed bag and I think it's kind of true to form with the rebuild movies that even the last movie Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 Thrice Upon a Time is also an extremely mixed bag uh, it is a movie that has crazy pacing issues um it feels like it's three movies slammed into each other. Oh. Um but like in a way that feels very Evangelion in a very like similar way where Evangelion if anybody is a big fan of it, like it tends to lose control. Like the the story tends the story and the characters and the theme tend to lose control towards the end. And that's exactly what this movie is. Um, there is a part 
Uh, and I'm not going to get into like big ending spoilers because I have a plan of watching this with everybody. But there's a part at the uh, beginning of the movie where you have uh, Shinji, Asuka, and uh, uh, Rei in a village. And everything to do with Rey in that village, um, because a big thing with Rey is Rey means zero, and she's just not a person. And we had another Rey reset at the end of the third movie. And just watching Rey become a character that like I loved again from being zero in that village of like her helping out with all of the the farmers. Uh, hanging out with like a baby and not understanding what a baby is, um, and just becoming part of this, awesome. this village and like becoming a person was such an emotional impact. And then there's a very big moment, and like this is the big spoiler that I'm not going to spoil for the boys. Um, there's a point where Gindo and Shinji finally have a moment that literally broke my heart. And, like, one of the best things about what I really liked about the last Evangelion Rebuild movie is uh, uh, Hideaki Anno has gone on record to say he's in a much better place now. And when he was writing this last movie, why it took so much time, is he was like, I don't know how to write Shinji anymore. I don't. I don't, like, I don't relate with him anymore. I don't know who he is. And, like, in a very beautiful way, like, Evangelion, uh, the last Rebuild movie, is, like, a a final send-off for Anno, and it's, like, this really nice thing of, like, coming back to an old friend and seeing they're in a much better place now. And it leaves on such a sweet note. Um, And it it kind of ruined me for for a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> this is this is my favorite bit of Evangelion media. Uh, that isn't the original ser- series or the rebuild or uh, sorry, uh, or end of. It's it's such a flawed piece of media. Like there's a huge chunk of this movie that's just weird. But like I said. It's such an Evangelion type of movie that it is a mixed bag and it does kind of lose control that, like, it got me. And I, I kind of really loved it. So I recommend everybody watching this. Um, it is something... It always be a little bit of a mixed bag, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Otherwise, it isn't perfect. And, you know, to comment on that part about him not... Uh, knowing how to write Shinji anymore. I think that's a pretty interesting point because I would say a lot of people who watch Evangelion first, like, hate Shinji. And oftentimes I feel like it's because there's a lot of parts of Shinji that people can, like, see or even recognize that might be parts of themselves that they don't like, and that's why they don't like Shinji. And then having that, like, leave Ano is is really kind of sweet. It, you know, it's very beautiful, and like I, yeah. I can't wait to get to a point that we watch this <laughs> together because, like I said, I, I absolutely love this movie. Um, if anybody wants to check it out, 
uh, I do recommend everybody watching all of Evangelion. Um, because <laughs> yeah, these uh, they're rebuilds, but they're not like remakes or reboots or something. You know, they're very yeah. I I I can say this in uh as another spoiler. Um, I'd like to see somebody who has watched this and come to this, but the rebuilds are sequels to Evangelion. They're not reboots. They are not reboots. They are sequels. They are very much a continuation, and I won't get into what any of that like, means, but Like, they if you are see Force sequels. Awakens and The Last Jedi without, like, seeing the original trilogy, there's not there's so much less there for you like yeah technically it's a soft reboot whatever but i mean they still no you don't a... you don't understand it's not a soft reboot re uh reboot it's a sequel do the okay it is a do the same of do the same story beats not occur that was my understanding from uh a different person that we know that likes evangelion the... are we naming that person you can name who. Can we say Ben's name? Can you also say his address and social? <laughs> Do not take Ben's name in vain. <laughs> um, I refuse. Uh, so <laughs> this gets into a lot more of the rebuilds. Uh, the first movie is like a shot for shot, like sort of recreation of the first part of Evangelion, except every once in a while, you notice that something is off. Okay. And then you get into the second one and a little bit more, you're like, oh, that's weirdly different. And then when you hit the third one, different beast. Okay. Different beast entirely. Uh, anyways, uh, go watch all of those. Um, the original series is on Netflix um, and all of the rebuild movies are on Amazon Prime. So, if you have both of those, they should be available for you. Let's move into our next number five, and I'm gonna throw it to Skyler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you have a number you... five favorite thing? Uh, come. Can you come back to me? Okay. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna. I didn't know you were coming away. to me next, so I was unprepared. <laughs> we're gonna hop to thinking about things this whole time. You said you needed to get caught up. <laughs> we're yeah, gonna hot potato right it, and we're gonna is, toss is, like, it to James. None of my favorite things are really anything to like talk about that depth. It's okay. You can just say, "Hey, I really like this thing." You don't have to talk like a huge amount in depth. I really liked going to Five. see Dragon Ball Superhero with my best cousin. Oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if this has ever been revealed. Um, me and Skylar are cousins. It's collusion <laughs> on account of they're related. So that's if anybody's confused about that, that's why. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Dragon Ball Super? Oh, no. I was. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, I, re I my first original talking point for that was going to be that that was the first time I'd ever been to a theater that was also a restaurant. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of crazy. We went to uh, the Alamo Draft House. 
That's a great place to see a. That shit's cool. I love the uh, house so much. That's a great place to see a Dragon Ball. Did they have a pre-roll? Yeah, there was like they were showing oh, a yeah, bunch it was of all garbage action goodness. Dragon Ball movies. Awesome. It was... First movie I ever saw in an Alamo draft house was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that shit was awesome. That That's a good call. Good. It's so good. Uh, this is kind of a, a an aside, but when I went inside <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a poor old woman fell down and pooped herself, and I'll always remember that. She was having a really not great time in that theater. It was real bad. That went on for minutes. Wasn't there like a, no? I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I wanted to reminisce about our time, and I went to see it with James. It was a great time. We we, I think we really enjoyed the film. I think we saw it with a great crowd. Uh, and in the middle of it, right as they're fighting the hippies at Spawn Ranch, an old woman had a terrible minute. She just had a just her day was ruined in front of us, and I almost lost it. So many thousands of people tried ineffectually to help her. Oh no! It was really a situation. I so badly wish that we'd seen it in an Alamo Draft House, because then I wouldn't have had to rewatch the entire three and a half hour movie. Basically, weeks later, when it came out on Amazon, to figure out what happened at Spawn Ranch. I love that. Movie so yeah, so I went much. to five, and then I went to five, and then Ding. I went to China. All Did you go to China? to China? Yeah. He wanted to go see where Dragon Ball was made. You mean yeah. China, Illinois? Sure. Okay. Well, I, mean, I, went, I went to an undisclosed location to visit my biologically related friend. Thank you. And saw Dragon Ball Super. I will. Broly. Oh, not Broly. China. Superhero. With Chinese Skyler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I will beep out all of the location names. I don't want anybody <laughs> Is that to true? me. <laughs> John goes through this pretty pretty heavily. Well, John, you actually live in St. Louis, Louis, but it is nice of you to drive back to meet us <laughs> in five. On account of we live in uh, eastern Nevada. Yes, eastern Nevada. Anyway, I don't I think there's Wendover. any cities in eastern Nevada. Wendover. It's on the other side of Bonneville. It. Where's Naboo at? Uh, I really it's don't think there's pretty far from the Galactic Core in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's happening. I hope that James woman's gonna still give okay us his today. Yeah, no, this is fine. This is still happening. Don't worry. So, okay. uh, can I, can I do my number five yet? Oh yeah, J- James. You have a fifth favorite it's thing of this year of 2022. I actually, so I like the assignment that you gave us, but I did it differently. Mm-hmm. Of course, because uh, I want to be a problem. Yep. So I did a more traditional top ten of things that released in 2022. Okay. That I liked. Good. I'm only going to give you the top five. Okay. For the sake of time. If anybody wants to talk about the top ten, meet me after outside. I'm gonna be at the bar. Uh so I you'll be proud of me, Johnny. I got two video games on this list. How great is that? Wow. I hate video games, but I have a few this year that I liked. 
Okay, I like what you're saying. It's actually three on the top ten. But my fifth favorite thing that came out this year that I played, watched, read, ate, participated in, uh, destroyed, I don't know. My fifth favorite piece of literature and media was uh, I was a teenage exocolonist. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy you got put into the, the program. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I'm actually older than a teenager. That was a huge blunder. That was a real problem logistically. Um, they kept trying to teach me geometry, and I was not having it. Teenage Exocolonist is a game where it's kind of like a growing up sim. If you guys are familiar with any of those. Uh, yeah, it's I a fun. One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a frontier story. You're set on an alien planet, and it's also Bill Dungeon, right? So it's a it's a coming of age story. It's really interesting. I like frontier stories a lot. I grew up in an undisclosed northern midwestern town. Go Vikings! Uh, uh, go Twins! Let's go! Uh, and a lot of the books that I would read in like English class in middle and elementary school were frontier stories, like. You know where the red fern grows, and uh, we ended up reading some of the Little House in the Prairie books, stuff like that. So I've always liked pioneer kid stories, and this reminded me a lot of that. I had a lot of nostalgia going into that, and I also think it's a fairly fun system. It's somewhat bare bones, unless there's like three kind of main paths you can take. Unless you take one of the main paths, it's kind of just raising bars to like get perks to raise more bars so that people like you. Uh, not like a lot of actual gameplay beats, but I like that in a game. I hate playing games. Uh, I thought it was a great story. I thought that all the characters were a lot of fun. Uh, there's an awesome backstory about these, like, uh, anarcho-communists fleeing the dying Earth because of uh, corporate warfare. So, yeah. It's a great game. A lot of fun going on. Uh, I like the voice of it. And uh, I had a lot of fun playing it. Sounds That's really awesome. Cool. Where did you yeah. play this on PC? Huh? Where did you play this on PC? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it, it might be out on the Xbox. I don't think it's out on PlayStation. But, uh... No, it is. Okay. So, yeah, it's out on all the consoles. And Steam. It's a really fun game. I found a couple of links to being able to purchase My Life as a Teenage Robot. No. <laughs> Here, I'll drop the link in the uh, Discord. Is that going to make a bing bong sound? Yeah, I don't care anymore. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I could care. Uh, so that's the... Uh, that's the uh, website it's like a deck builder you're you're getting memories and then you use those to accomplish tasks it's so funny that that's the way that you approach video games that you've talked about all of these bits here but you did not bring up the actual game gameplay loop of the game john i played this like the front half of this week so like tuesday through thursday that's all i was playing 
Mm -hmm. And then I did not remember that there were cards until I looked at the website. (laughs) It just wasn't relevant to me. That is just, that is very you. (laughs) It's funny because there's another card-based game that is like my runner-up, essentially, for this top five. And I have literally nothing to say about any narrative. It is exclusively mechanics in terms of the deck building for me. Yeah, like I was talking about with Mother 3. You guys are the total opposite sides of the spectrum when recommending a game. (laughs) Absolutely. I hope to continue that for the rest of my life. So we're going to get into number four. Number four. In uh, talking about mechanics and games, I'm going to go number four. And my number four is a game. It is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, was that this year? That was like March, okay, yeah. Guys, or was that last? <laughs> once oh. again, <laughs> right. The rules of the game do not denote that it has I'm to be have something that game released wrong. this year, and played it did it come year. out this year, by the way. Um, um, but regardless, uh, Pokemon Legend did that come out this year? Yeah, it had to have come out this year. Because we were talking Sword about it on the podcast. This year? I feel like it was March of maybe last year. No, but... I'm looking this up real quick. It shouldn't matter less. That's not yeah. a part of the presentation. I'm the only one who's doing that. It's fine. You guys can move on. No, I've got stuff from other years that I experienced this year that I'm talking about. Then why'd you right, call exactly. me out on it? Yeah. <laughs> because he forgot, because I'm not. It came out. I messed it up. It came out January 28th. 2022. Okay. The two Pokemon games release this? Well, obviously. So did four Pokemon games release this year? Kind uh, of, actually. Three. Right? Three sets? Three. No, three Pokemon games, right? Because Pokemon Arceus and then Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Arceus didn't have, like, a companion nope. game? Mm-mm. No. So... Uh, John, why is it on your list? It doesn't have a companion game. That's kind of the point. Is um, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> once again, uh, a very flawed piece of media. Um, and I think after Scarlet and Violet, like my appreciation for this game, uh, grew so much more. Um, why it's on where my the new lip. bottom is for Pokemon puts Arceus so much higher. Uh. <laughs> I like Scarlet and Violet a fair bit. Like, I am very engaged with it. Um, But that's not the point. Uh, Right. Pokemon Arceus is so different from any other Pokemon game that I have played in the past. Um, The setup for this game is it's an isekai, so that's pretty stupid. I don't like that part. Um, is that is that where you get tronned into a yeah, fantasy world? Basically, yeah. Yeah, you God get, says go back in time. <laughs> yeah, you you show up. The start of the game is like you're. I think you're supposed to be like the characters from Diamond and Pearl. Um, what? But like you show up and God's there, and God says, "Hey, dude, sucks to suck. Get get into the past." And you show up in the past, and like it's. It's a world where, like, the idea of Pokemon and friendship isn't, like, a thing that existed. So, like, They're just monsters. Yeah, these creatures are terrifying to these people. Uh, 
So you you show up and like you have to be established in this village because they're like if you are out in the wilderness, these Pokemon will come out and they will murder you. You will die. Um and like I'm not I'm not doing the dumb thing that I do when I talk about something where I'm like, yeah, I'm talking about subtext here. No, they literally say you will die if you're outside of this village. Um so it sets up this travel to the past where Pokemon are like a big threat uh in a really cool way and like something that I really like about the story is is that it like it took a a more mature look at the Pokemon formula and looked at the monster part of pocket monsters um and the best thing about this game is all like, monster no pocket all monster no pocket um the best thing about this game is like what it does to the gameplay you can get fucking murdered by pokemon you have a uh a dodge roll button because pokemon will come and hit you with hyper beam from like across the map um so you gotta be dodging those mons you gotta be sneaking up behind mons and catching them you don't have to battle them you just throw your pokeball and you catch them um and like you can turn around a corner and where you were like fighting level level three uh shinxes, you can turn a corner and there's like a level seventy-five Snorlax. And you don't have the tools to handle this level seventy-five Snorlax, I'll tell you that. Um another really cool thing about the mechanics is like you have to think about your placement if you do send a po- uh a Pokemon out. Because if you send out your Pokemon to fight and you're in the middle of like four other Pokemon, you are fighting all four of those Pokemon. Um, there's so many cool things, but like the thing that I really like about this game in, and I feel like Scarlet and Violet kind of get into this too, is the idea of player freedom. So uh, it, it became very apparent to me the old school nature that Pokemon fell into with this, uh, with their RPG mechanics and everything. Uh, this year too, because after playing Arceus, I had this Pokemon fever just burn up inside me. So I went and purchased a copy of Pokemon Sword. I was playing it, and I was having a fun time. It's a Pokemon game, you know? Uh, and then my partner went and played it, and Arceus was her first game. And oh, like, she was sitting down, and she was playing this game, and she just put it down, and she never went back to it. And when I had the opportunity to talk to her, uh, what she said was like, yeah, it, it was fine, but it was like every two steps, I'd walk and a, a trainer would fight me. And she's like, that's not what I like out of Pokemon. Arceus gives you the ability to sit and play the game how you want to. If you want to hide and try to catch Pokemon and just catch Pokemon, you can do that. If you want to go out and fight a bunch of things, you can do that too. There's a really cool leveling up mechanic where you're using like uh what would be like uh similar to like Souls level up mechanic uh with your weapons. So you get upgrade materials and you can okay. upgrade a certain stat on this Pokemon. Um and starts out with like a small upgrade material and then later you get larger upgrade materials that are less prevalent. So you can go and upgrade your team. Um the boss fights in this uh, are not Pokemon battles, 
They are giant Pokemon that will do a bunch of moves that you have to dodge out of the way of until you can start attacking them and then eventually get into a Pokemon battle. And this game ends with you literally beating the devil and then God opens up a staircase for you and you have to go fight God. And that's fucking dope, dude. But that's also not like the first time they've done that. And, you know, I think that's a trope for Japanese RPGs for all don't, time. I don't you think you do understand. Uh, it's not your Pokemon have to fight God. You have to go fight God. God brought you back in time so you had to, like, so you could become strong enough to go fight him. <laughs> it's dope. And, like, the dodge, the the patterns it throws out kind of, like, are are crazy. Like, it's super hard, and I really appreciate that. Is it still like that. a Monster Hunter fight? It's kind of like a Monster Hunter fight. Um, Instead of a weapon, you're throwing, like, healing bombs at them. But, like, it's got a lot of, like, oh, I know this attack is coming. I have to dodge. I have to dodge. And these are the two seconds I have to throw these things at it. And it's so cool. I love... It sounds fun. Yeah, like, it's, it's such a departure from Pokemon in general. And it's such a, like, welcome change. When I played Scarlet and Violet, I was really kind of upset that a lot of the things from this game weren't there. And I hope that... I hope that uh, in the future they continue the Legend series and we get more of them because they are really cool. I just wish it looked better. And that was when we talked about this on the podcast initially, because I think this was in our first episode, I talked about this game. I just wish it looked better. Um, yeah. Because I feel like Scarlet and Violet look better than Arceus. But mm, Arceus runs... Sure much better than Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> so uh, Another interesting point, because you brought it up with your partner, and I hadn't even like consciously thought about this, but even as a person who grew up with Pokemon games and being used to trainer battles being the way that you like progress, in Scarlet and Violet, I, I like never did trainer battles past that first area. Oh yeah, like, and that's another thing that I think Scarlet and Violet does really well, is that idea of player choice play the game you want to play and that is so cool and like me me and my partner are addicted to scarlet and violet as well but every time i'm playing scarlet and violet i just kind of wish it was arceus yeah but that's what i got that's that's uh my uh number four the next number four is gonna be from james how are we doing this? Uh, I'm going okay. randomly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, this is not surprise you. I have a couple of movies on my list. Uh, I watched Bullet Train. Oh, Bullet okay. Train rules. Bullet Train absolutely rules. It's uh, delightful in a lot of uh, familiar ways. So when I was a youngster, these these first two on my list harken back a lot to my childhood. Really, the first three do. Uh, when I was a youngster, I was obsessed with the uh, film Snatch, the 2000 Guy Ritchie movie, which also has uh, a Brad Pitt in it. Uh, but that's not the part I like. I Brad Pitt is hit or miss for me. 
Bullet Train is a very funny, uh, delightfully violent film where a bunch of weirdos have to cross paths with each other, and that is not a good thing for any of them personally. Uh, and it does not work out. They are not friends. Things are not going well for them. And it just is a delight to watch. Bullet so Train do you think is the trailer sells the movie pretty well. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, okay. That's the impression that I, I got from the trailer. I didn't watch the movie, but maybe with your recommendation, I will go back and do that. I was really I think interested. It's in on the Netflix. Movie. Yeah, I think it's it very is. Good. But then I think I went and looked at the reviews, and they didn't come back super great. Um. Um. No, I don't think it was critically huge. Um. Maybe the tail. I didn't. I didn't see the tail ending because we had to record this podcast. Uh. But. I really enjoyed everything I saw. It's it's extremely good in terms of if you like a movie where there's like people that are doing like funny physical comedy, it's not like it, it's it's not a quips movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a quip like a like your average Marvels or your new Star Wars like, oh stormtroopers fly. Yeah, and I then feel the other like guy says I guess they fly now. In, there's not that. In the standard Hollywood sense. It's just people right. trying to be quippy and smelling their own farts. It's not that, which means that I was allowed to enjoy the film. Uh, the director reached out and said, "No, don't worry, James. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna do this thing called jokes." And I'm like, "Jokes? I haven't heard about jokes since I was a child." And he's like, "No, no, no. Don't worry. We're gonna set things up so something's gonna happen earlier in the film, and then later." It will come back in an interesting, funny way. And I said, that seems almost impossible. Why would it? Wouldn't you just remark about something? And then someone says like a like a, a like committee tested line like, no, no, no. They're just going to like react with their face. And I thought that was simply impossible, but they did it. I don't know. Maybe they invented a joke. It's the first. Uh, actually, 2022 was the first time jokes jokes were used and it was in this movie first time that's jokes on, made it into a movie it, i felt like IMDb i was watching the marx brothers because things thing. made sense uh no uh bullet train is a fantastic movie it actually knocked a lot of really great movies off my list i'm talking about bullet train right now instead of uh michael bass ambulance which i liked a great deal instead of glass onion which i thought was fantastic Instead of the Batman, which is the only quote-unquote comic book movie I think I like. Uh, Bullet Train is that good. It's extremely good. Please watch it. That's awesome. I I was excited when I saw the the trailers, and I love me some Brad Pitt. I just, I, I really like I have that to man. Like, I have to go back and watch more Brad Pitt movies, because for the past 15 years, he didn't interest me in any way. I didn't think that he was that guy. I was like, oh, he's that guy who was really good in Snatch and then shows bad movies. But it turns out if people like you're like, no, you're a charismatic, funny guy. Naturally, you should do some of that. Mm -hmm. He's incredible. Was he not in Inglorious Bastards? He was, but I didn't. I think that's my least favorite Tarantino movie. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I think he was genius in that role. For that sure. might, and that's might... like the first time he left a mark on me as an actor. The point, exactly. The point in that movie where like he has the flashback. <laughs> he just hops up the fucking. The, he has the flashback <laughs> of beating up Bruce Lee and throwing him into that car. And it's it's I'm the like flashback that. of like why this uh, casting director hates him. And then it goes back out to him. And he's like, that's fair. 
That's fair. So yeah. I think that's probably the best performance in that movie, and there are four incredibly good performances. I love Leo in that too. Yeah, like good all the time. I I think that that is a huge uh, shout out to Leo in that that I could not pick whether I loved Leo or Brad more in that movie. But just having a picture of Margarita snapping your finger at a TV screen and then walking out to your pool <laughs> and pulling out fucking flame. He walks trucker. out. <laughs> he walks out of the house with a pitcher full of margarita he has not poured into a glass, slaps the hood of someone's <laughs> car and says, Hey, turn it down. I'm trying to watch a movie here. I've never related to anyone more in my life. Anyway, Bullet Train's great. Please watch Bullet Train. It's kind of like Snatch from 2000, one of the best movies ever. This is like a spiritual successor in a lot of really great ways. Brad Pitt's playing a totally different character, uh, but it's just a delightful movie. It makes it, it made me happy that movies existed again. This is the year of movies I was happy to be watching. Uh, and on a similar note, I'm going to take number four and five off of my list. Pokemon Arceus and Evangelion are off. And I am going to pop in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in both of those. Did you watch that this year? Was that? No, I just, I just, I had a really good. You have to have watched it this year. (sighs) Okay, wait, they're back on the list, but I, this must be stated. (laughs) The point, like, I love this movie despite an old woman pooping herself in front of me. How many times do you think we're going to mention Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? You know, I didn't think we were going to mention it at <laughs> all in this podcast. So, what's the knows? what's the Doctor Doofenshmirtz? Uh, you know, if I had a nickel that's for a every weird... <laughs> time that this thing happened, I'd have two nickels. But it's it it's not a lot, it's not but a it's lot. weird that it happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking oh, of man. happening twice, um. Skyler, what's your number four thing that happened this year? Oh, Near of War Crisis Core? Crisis Core? Or Near? Near of War Crisis Core. What is he saying? Can someone spell that for me? He's three games into one. Yes. Near of Core Crisis Core? They're all all games that I uh, think are pretty good, and I haven't finished a single one of them. Is there anything you want to talk about with any of these games? Is he still saying multiple games or one game? Yeah, uh, Crisis Core is a uh, very great game, and I've never played the original. So I can't say that it feels better, but I'm going to say that it feels better anyway. Uh, it's real good. I like to play it. It's fun. I really like the story of the game. Zach is pretty and cool. Zach is kind of the best hero ever. Zach is like such an interesting Final Fantasy protagonist because he's just like a kind of normal dude in a Final Fantasy world. And my I favorite, love that. My favorite quote from him is, that guy just ate my hair. You know what? Take Once Upon a Time in Hollywood off of my list, put Zach uh, at number four, and then at number five, put Zach saying, that guy just ate my hair. <laughs> it's kind of strong. And number six that is... That guy just ate my hair. Number six is me, Gungaga. Gungaga. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's such a great character. 
Ooh. My favorite part's when he dies. Ooh, big, big okay. spoiler. You can't spoil spoilers on this podcast. I can't play Crisis Core now. I'll never play Crisis Core again. It was known that he was dead before that game even came out. What are you talking about? Big spoilers. I didn't know that. I can't play Crisis Core now. <laughs> Me, Sad Gunga. <clears throat> Me, Kyle, Kyle. Um, what do you like about God of War? Uh, it's fun. So he was Good saying story. different games? Yes, he had three yeah. games. Uh, all is number four? <laughs> Hey yeah. man, I said yeah. there's no rules. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to waste my other slots. Wait, you can do that? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Number three is going to be um, kind of long, John. Strap in. I think God of War Ragnarok's really good. Um, they immediately socket punch you as soon as you start the game, which is pretty great. Oh, dude, like, so uh, my partner was playing that part, and oh my god, like, I same sort of thing i'm not i'm not okay anything that involves a dog i'm not i'm not sound apart for that yeah they they punch you right in your gut poor puppy but it was his time to go no he's never a dog's time to go things get better for that dog okay well i i look forward to that um has there been like any cool changes to the combat that that make it stand out over God of War twenty eighteen? I thought so. But when I went back to the original game, it's kind of like they just rearranged the same mechanics, the different play styles. Uh, it's pretty good. It's got different armor system and shield system, which is neat. Uh, they added uh, a change to the rage. So you could pick, uh, pick between Spartan Rage or Valor, which Valor basically just heals Kratos instead of him getting all angry. Okay. So that's kind of cool. I think that uh, that's... It feels a lot more fluid and faster to me, I think. Okay. Just, it's like God of War 2018, but more refined. Yeah. It's it's like God of War 2. Oh, God, it is God of War 2 in the new God of War stuff. I think that, yeah. like, that's cool that you can switch between both of those because, like, I think that where Kratos is in his character arc, his power-up shouldn't just be, I get angry, because he's not as angry as he once was. He's just kind of sad now. He's a dad. Be fun if he was angrier again. <laughs> Pump yeah. up that anger. <laughs> um, Why are you so chill all the time? Freak out. I Do you... How do you feel about the story? Do you think the story is as impactful as God of War 2018? I feel like God of War 2018... I would say it's even more so. You like it more? I would say so, yeah. Okay. I think... like if, To me, it feels like if you played the second one, you wouldn't want to go back to the other one. What I really like about God of War 2018 is the story is so simple. <laughs> it's, we gotta get to the top of that mountain, and that does really good for developing the relationship uh between atreus and and kratos and mm -hmm. developing what is essentially like a new character for kratos because he's not the angry guy anymore he's the he's the old tired dad who's trying to do right by his son and i think that that simple nature 
really works well for it. But I also think because that's kind of what that last <clears throat> game is, there's a lot of room for doing some crazy dumb nonsense um, in this game because you don't have to spend the whole game establishing these characters and their dynamics anymore. Right. But there is an interesting thing. Doesn't God of War 3 end at the top of a mountain? Kinda. Which God of War, I don't... Is that the one where he kills himself? Yeah, doesn't he, like, throw himself off of Mount Olympus? Oh, that's the way, yeah. It just didn't take me. Uh, but, like, it does some really cool things with the story. Like, um, spoilers, it does let you play as Atreus, too. And when Atreus is off on his own, it has a lot of really cool transitions. You know how they, they kept the whole, it's all one camera shot? And they found really cool ways to try like go between the two characters um, in a cutscene so that it never cuts. Is it like a bird so flies really from cool. one to the other? <clears throat> huh? Is it like a bird flies from one to the other? No. So like there's like there's this one specifically where uh Lo or Atreus is in Asgard <laughs> and he's doing something his father taught him to focus. He's just punching a wall. So while he's punching this wall, when he pull every time he pulls his hand back, uh, it goes off screen, and so he's punching the wall, and then after like three punches, it turns into his dad's arm, punching a wall, and then it zooms out, and you're in the different area. That's cool. Yeah, it does cool things like that, and in regards to his uh, Kratos' character, it does it does a lot of really cool things like, um, <clears throat> I, I I don't am I allowed to get into spoilers? Yeah, you can do whatever you want, man. So. There's no rules. This is part where Kratos has to fight Heimdall, and he's trying to like not be the god killer, but he's this guy's like threatening his son. It's like and a he even god gives him the choice. Yeah, he even kind of gives uh, Heimdall the choice, like, like uh, surrender now and you may live. Like after he's you know, basically beaten already, Heimdall doesn't take it, and at the end of the fight, it's kind of like Kratos reverts back to his angry self again, but the what was really cool about it is they left him really shaken about it. That's, like he just, he was really shaken and he returned to the way he was. That reminds moment. me of a really good scene in uh, Samurai Jack, the last season where Jack is struggling with the idea of killing. And he has a flashback of like his dad uh, being attacked by bandits and his ba his dad's like, you can leave now or, you guys know what's going to happen. And Jack does the same thing uh, with these human girls that are attacking him. And for like three or four episodes after that, he's killed these girls. He keeps saying, I gave them the option. They chose to die, but he is super mm -hmm. not okay with it. As he should be. He's, he's really the most powerful thing ever. Dang it. I watched Samurai Jack this year. That should have been on there. Yeah, I'm just remembering that I also watched Primal, another <laughs> Jendi Tartowski thing. Uh, Skylar, can I change your number oh, really to Samurai Jack? Did you I think say you could change me to Samurai Jack? Change your number four to Samurai Jack. Well, we can just add on to Skylar's number four since he had like 18 Oh yeah, that's right. There. I think I think I know a way that you can get all of your slots, James, is just steal slots from everybody else. I, I'm gonna add uh, 
I played. I'm literally playing Ghost Recon One right now, and that is Skyler's fourth fourth pick. Of the, that's the fourth best thing they played this year. This game is great. Skyler's always talking about his love for Rainbow Ghost Recon. What? I changed it up on you. I changed the disc. Ghost Rainbow Siege. Okay. Uh, I also played Ghost Recon Wildlands. That's a great game. I think I like Breakpoint a little bit more, actually. Nobody else does, but I do. So, speaking of another game that that was played, Skylar, tell us a little bit about Near Automata. That's all right. <laughs> Perhaps the game that begs the most discussion. I love. No, it's right really anything good. on a top really five good, being all right. Like, so. It's really fun, but it's my biggest issue Fred is how... lightly. I will fight <laughs> right now. I love near my, the only the only the only issue I really have with it is just how everything seems the same no matter where I go. Like I, one thing I love, That's... like the overworld. What? The, the oh, I'm still very early in the game. The That's overworld, right. I really like that I can read it. Like I don't really need to use my map. I can remember where I came from, but. The... The enemies all pretty much being the exact same thing is got old really quickly. Yeah, but like, it's and kind that kind of, of made me a little bit more a little uninterested in the combat because it just makes me feel like I'm grinding even when I'm not. It's kind of the point that they're all the same. Two B is supposed to be like this ultra slick murder android, and I can't believe I'm defending. Like, what have I become? I used to laugh when people told me about Drakengard. Yeah, and, and now, you know what? Drakengard's even better than your automata. I'm uh, saying it. I, yes, I, I get that. I understand. I understand that. I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna say nothing. I love near automata. It's, it's Skyler's number one thing this year. No, it's his number one, <laughs> number four. It's number of one, the year. number four of the year. Except for Ghost Recon Wildlands, great game. Um, can I? Can I? Okay, so like, I I was mostly joking though when I said that like it was all right. I do think it's really good. I love the music. So far, the story is really good. Uh, I like the duplicate Sephiroth. That's pretty neat. What? It is neat. Uh, the the robots create, create their own god that is also like a sleek looking android. Um, I think his name is Adam. Oh, is that okay? I, I had I no idea what Skyler I... was talking about, and I, I don't yeah, know. That I feel guy's like not my Sephiroth. Sephiroth was pretty fitting. Okay. He's a handsome we don't anime have to talk boy, about Final Fantasy. I, I don't want to talk about Final Fantasy today. We, we just talked about it. What do you think Crisis Core was? I is Crisis Core Final Fantasy? Yep, it's yeah, FF7 Final Fantasy 7, Crisis, Core, Crisis Core Reunion. What am I thinking of? I, I thought know. it was a mech game. You're thinking uh, you're about Armor Crisis. No, I because Armor Core is the one with the cool tank control. Like, like literally, it's like controlling a tank. Okay, so what are you thinking of? It's a mech game called something core? You might just be thinking about Mech Warrior. <laughs> you might be thinking about Mech Warrior. Which I, I think, think a lot of people should be thinking about Mech Warrior. Anyway, please continue. Um Yeah, what were you saying? You'd like handsome Sephiroth boy? He doesn't. Tyler? Tyler? Oh, Tyler. I thought that was a question for Jimmy. 
Uh, do I like? I, I like the character of Adam. The actual Sephiroth or the or the Nier? You just called him Sephiroth. Well, no, that's why I'm asking. He's a handsome Sephiroth boy. Is he talking about Sephiroth, actual Sephiroth, or the the guy called Sephiroth? Both. Oh, uh, I like think Sephiroth is hot as fuck, and uh, I hated the the characters in here. They are very mean. Can I talk about a really cool moment in Final Fantasy VII? Yes. So there's as long as it also happened in near. <laughs> so there's a point in Final Fantasy VII where uh, you just got out of Midgar and everything, and you keep hearing that you have to go after Sephiroth, and Cloud keeps being like, "We gotta get Sephiroth." I totally know that dude. Um, he doesn't. Spoiler. Uh, anyways, uh, to go after Sephiroth. You have to go through this little swamp area, and there's a giant snake that will come and get you. And this snake is so hard to kill. Like, you just can't do it. So what you have to do is eventually go to uh, um, this Chocobo Ranch, because Chocobos run real fast, and you can outrun the snake. Um, when awesome. you get to the other side of, uh, of that swamp, you see another giant snake just impaled on like this stone column and like you get there and everyone's like oh Sephiroth did this and that's such a cool way to uh show this power scaling between you and this villain is like this boss you cannot beat is nothing to Sephiroth um it's pretty cool and inventive I wish any I wish there was storytelling in your automata (laughs) there is not there's not it's not about anything just hot androids you know what? My favorite. I'm gonna. My top five is in this order: Nier Automata, uh, Disco Elysium, and Blade Runner. Three best movies. Uh, they're not about anything. Okay. Do you have anything That's... else you want to talk about with Nier Automata, Skyler? I think on the Switch version is very. Um, technically impressive. It runs at 1080p. Insolvency really well. It it doesn't look like a turd. Like they really took their time with it in terms of porting it over. They even like re-engineered parts of the game for better performance. Like the grass was completely redone. Like it's no longer 3D models. It's using grass cards, but it's done in a way where it like doesn't stick out as like oh this is just a 2D model. It actually looks nice and like grass. It just it looks looks good. It's grass cards like when it's just like I, a, like a 2D like plane sticking out of the ground. Yeah, and they like do make them look like pluses. Okay, like from top, from up above. Uh, I like the combat system and how mixing and matching, like even just the two same weapons. If you switch with saucer and your combos change, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I wish. Like, I kind of wish they had like the option for three sets instead of two, but I kind of get why they had two for hot, like quick hot swapping. But yeah, it's really fun, real good, real good. I plan to eventually finish it someday. I have uh, my copy of the Switch coming in the mail, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks. Um, and I'm very excited to revisit near Automata. I love that game so much. Extremely good. It's not about anything. It's not about anything. Um, so, without further ado, we leave the number four behind. Shedding. No. What? No. Oh, did we not do Danny? Nope. No. <laughs> My number. We will not. Danny's number four is John's number three, so we'll move into that. 
See, that's a smooth transition. If you guys would have just picked things like that, we could get done with the show faster. We're going to go to Danny <laughs> for his number. I number don't want to hear about finishing the show faster. I think we'll take it at the time that we have allotted, which is honestly, I have the whole rest of this evening. At some point, I would have to take a break and, and house some lasagna. Should I do that during Danny's number four or John's Danny's number four? <laughs> um, uh, if you want to go house some lasagna, I can put you at the end of the list for number three. Go grab some lasagna. Okay. You guys want to see my Garfield impression? <laughs> no, I kind I think you should be here for a lot of the things that I talk about because I think you'll have input on them, but that's okay. He's gone. Okay, what's your number three? He's gone. I'm still here. He's I'm gone. very much here. What's your three? Well, my number four, you've already mentioned four. it. Uh, it's another RPG, and this is probably one of the only games that I really enjoyed that isn't, like, mechanics heavy. It's a... <laughs> Almost entirely narrative. Uh, it is, in fact, Disco Elysium. Hey, great game. Stop game, about anything. It fucking kicks ass. Um, I started it when it came out, I think back in like 2019, and I got a decent way in, and I was like, man, this is a lot of fun. I should tell all of my friends about it. And then some of them really got into it. Uh, but I kind of let it go for a bit, and then a bunch of updates came out. And then they're like, hey, the final cut is here. This is like the finalized version of the game. So I was like, okay, well, let's go back to that character, see if I can hammer it out. And what ended up transpiring is one of the most like slow-burning, reflective, like uh, introspective, yet worldly narratives that I think I've experienced in a video game. Because it does really take its time building the politics of the world and also like the greater spiritual aspects of the world as well. Um, because basically you're a cop who <laughs> has essentially lost all of the functioning of your brain, except for your lizard brain that is struggling intensely to keep you alive. Like you can die in the first two seconds by looking at yourself in the mirror too hard. Like and, easily. Uh, <laughs> you just have a heart attack and die. Uh, <laughs> so you're you're trying to figure out the world and the person you used to be. And because you've got the authority of being a police officer, you can get with some really weird shit that you just say to people. Um, but... The way that it plays in the playground that it builds for you or lets you do that um, is really interesting because they have very non-traditional uh, stats that you you spec into. Um, you have this thing called the thought cabinet, which is anytime you encounter a new concept, you know, because <laughs> basically you're a baby and you don't contain any thoughts. So <laughs> you're told literally by uh, your your partner in this investigation you're conducting that you need to get your shit together. So you gain this thought to become a volumetric shit compactor so that you can stomach uh, <laughs> investigating this bloated dead corpse because you literally just upchuck every time you get near it. So <laughs> it's just things like that. Um, I think it took me probably 
30, 40 hours. And I had like so much fun with just the side stuff. There's like this uh, library. It was not really a library, but like a bookstore more so. A very interesting lady that operates that. And there's books in there. And I just read like the books that were there. Not like in their entirety, but they give you enough of like chapters and, and events. And like every detail is so immaculately laden out and given like all of the right amounts of perhaps lore, perhaps just silly, like making jokes. And then you're like all Brian of those... David Gilbert reading all the Elder Scrolls books. <laughs> <We're> all... <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy, give me these lores. I don't read an Argonian account. <laughs> but really, like the craftsmanship of that entire title is really where it sells. Um, I could not more highly recommend an RPG to anyone because I think that experience is the most immersive RPG that I've played of anything, be it action, be it narrative-focused, be it whatever. Like, it really is standout in its field. You're also, like, really not getting, like, the mechanics of this game, like, the actual playing of it, I think is the most it's fun I've had. Click. <laughs> it's literally a point-and-click, but, like, it's a point-and-click where you gain XP for, like, accomplishing things or asking good questions. It's the most fun I've had with an RPG since, like, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Like, it's... One of the skills is, like, Inland Empire, and there's, like, Esprit de Corps. You know, it's things like that. It's, like, literally how good at cop stuff are you? Like, are you, like, a cop's cop? Or are you, like, one of those, like, uh, uh, hippie jerks that's gonna be like, oh, don't don't pressure witnesses? Or literally are a score. you a special agent Dale Cooper? You could be. Anything. Yeah. And there's mm -hmm. even points, like, with all of these checks that are out in the world for how you try and like play out your character there's this lady who's like an artist a graffiti artist and she tells you yeah just go look at this like blank wall and i think for my entire playthrough i kept desperately trying to <laughs> stare at this blank wall and be inspired to put something on it and i failed it like every fucking time <laughs> i went back so I, at, like, I, the, I went back at like the very end and i like saved like i like had a, a uh, save save where I had it. like a bunch of yeah because I just want to see what it was I went back at the very end where I had like a bunch of XP points I was sitting on and I just dumped them all into like conceptualization and I he painted it and he was like oh my god I I have purpose in life I can express myself it's <laughs> it's like that level he's like oh cool yeah. Like, if you represent something physically or visually, then it's, like, kind of like you understand something and other people can understand you. Cool. That's not about anything, though. It's not about anything. You know what else isn't about anything? I mean, Seinfeld, but what else? <laughs> We're going to take a quick break so James can go grab some of the Now we are getting in to number three. We have shed four. We have shed five. And our transformation to being the sexy himbos of 2023 is almost complete. We have three more things each. So we're going to start out with probably the sexiest of all of us. James, what was your number three? Hey, sidebar. Wasn't this? Wasn't I going last on this next round so I could eat lasagna? 
Well, I thought you already ate the lasagna. No, I just brought it up here. Okay, let's take that all back. Uh, number three, we have Shed. Number four and number five. And we are on our way to the transformation of the super hot, sexy himbos that we are of 2023. And going first with their number three is not going to be James. It's going to oh, be Skylar. I thought Skyler. I was the sexiest. I'm the most classically beautiful. Well, yeah. You're the one that like I want to bring home to mom, but like, oh, Danny is the one I want to fuck. <laughs> Just get down and dirty with. Anyway, Skyler, extremely really give it to him. Who's going? It's Skyler. Hey, okay, Skyler. Uh, I finally played a randomizer. Uh, and I actually played it with Johnny Boy. It was uh, it was uh, I wasn't really fond of the idea of randomizers at first. I was like, this is dumb. But then I was like, this isn't dumb. And then yeah, we're here. Yeah. Uh, What's I thought randomizer? it was really cool that it, it one thing John and I talked about how is how it really brings the surprise aspect back to games that you don't really get much anymore because you could just Google things. When you're in a randomizer and you you everything's randomized, you can't really look up. Well, where is this at? Where is that at? Uh, it's really really cool, really fun. And yeah. we got to play it in like in a multiplayer fashion, so that was really cool. Yeah, we played uh, Ocarina of Time. Not only did we do an Ocarina of Time randomizer, but we also did a uh, multiplayer thing. So what we could do is Skyler could go to one place and try to figure out what we needed in one place and I could go to another, um, which really helped out because the sort of things that you can do and change in this randomizer and what we ended up doing was every time we went into uh, or out of an area, it would take us to a random place. Um, but like it was a static random place. So like if we went out of uh, Lake Hylia, um, it might take us to... <laughs> Uh, Goron Mountain or something like that, but we could always like every know... time, like you turn around, you go back through that door and it takes you to Lake Hylia again. Yeah, so like we could come up okay. with a map, a cohesive map of okay, we know that we got this item, we know it's going to open this door and go there. Um, what we also did is we made it stupid, ridiculously hard that if anything hit nice. us, it would kill us immediately. So, not only was it random and we didn't know what was happening we were also extremely frustrated because like we'd get to a place and we're like okay cool we got to beat this boss and then we'd both die and then we'd have to yeah make our way all the way over there um but it was like really fun like skylar was saying like it brought so much new life to uh ocarina of time because ocarina of time is like the zelda game i've played the most so i know that game like the back of my hand so getting in and playing a game that I like really love and bringing a new life to it was like super fun. We made it even worse by randomizing exits and stuff. So it was like, we go through somewhere and we, like, we wouldn't be able to find out how we got there. <laughs> we really should have wrote some stuff down. Yeah. Definitely more note taking um, would have helped us out a lot more. Um, I think the <laughs> only thing that really made it bearable and like, like, not that I didn't have fun, but, like, made it something that we could do 
is the fact that we were playing online together. Um, it let us at least finish things twice as fast. I could not imagine like how upset and frustrated I would have been if I was doing it by myself. If one of you picked up an item, would you both get it? Like you both get like a slingshot or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's nice. It, so was... it also made it like pretty cool and like um he like, hey, I found this or it made finding items in general cool because now it like unlocked more areas that we could go to. Um, the other thing that was really cool that I wanna give a shout out for is we were able to use custom models. Um and if anybody didn't know this, um, which they probably will because Skyler's the most famous out of all of us, Skyler <laughs> makes custom models for uh, Ocarina of Time, for Twilight Princess, um, and he does really good work. If you want to go check his stuff out uh, on YouTube, it's Skyler's art, right? Uh, no, I think I changed it to Skyler's Creative Cave after I got hacked and my account got deleted by cryptocurrency. Well... <laughs> Cryptocurrency will be the downfall of all of us. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Mr. Uh, Elon Musk anymore. Did you get taken down by FTC? <laughs> what the hell happened? Skyler. Okay, no, we'll talk about it later. I, I, I don't really we'll talk know. About it Damn, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, hey, John, can we produce a documentary about Skyler fighting uh, Bitcoin? Yeah, we sure can. But like that sounds awesome. Uh, Skyler does really amazing work, and I will make sure that if he wants me to, I will link his any place you can check out any of his stuff uh, in the description of this because that was really cool too. Is being able to use some of the <clears> models <throat> that like Skyler had made that he sends me every once in a while through Messenger, and finally being able to play with them, and they were great. Uh, Danny, Skyler made a uh, Guts in Berserker armor model, and I was rocking that oh. for a while. Swinging okay. the Dragon Slayer, it was super cool. That does sound rad. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with randomizers? Do you think you're going to play any like randomizers this year? I'm hoping that I get to play uh, the Twilight Princess randomizer with you because uh, those same people are working on multiplayer for that game. You're going to have to guide my hips through that one, man, because I don't have nearly as much of a fresh memory with Twilight Princess as I do Ocarina of Time. That makes it even better for you. Oh, it's going to be so delightful. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll set that up and I think we might, I don't know if I'm like announcing something, but I think we might have plans to stream that at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. Would, I think we should wait till they get that multiplayer thing going. Yeah, that would be cool. So, uh, tentatively, we will maybe do that possibly in the future at some point. Um, yeah. Well, 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 uh, Mr. Daniel, what is your number three favorite thing of this year? You know, I think even as we talk about this top five list, Things keep battling for spots, like stuff that I hadn't thought about. But I'm going to keep locked in with the stuff that I have oh. for now, I'm sure. Um, I think what I'm going to have to put in my number three is uh, something that came out a while back and people were really excited about. 
And I just, for whatever fucking reason, didn't engage with it at the time. But uh, I sure made up for it now. I binged the hell out of Breaking Bad <laughs> not too long ago. And that was such a good decision because for a, a, a good period of my adolescent and adult years, there's just been a lot of Breaking Bad adjacent memes and media that has gone over my head. And it really is, it came at a time where I think Netflix and other TV um, companies for now, networks, um, were just kind of at their A game with some shows. And I think that sure we get hits now and then but that was one of the last really big like everyone is on this at the same time kind of like really cultural impact impactful shows that was worth watching because brian cranston has an amazing performance aaron paul went on to do other things that i then also loved and it's like okay i like seeing where this came from and uh <laughs> I already talked about talk, uh, watching TNG with James. And then there's like a whole season where uh, John Delancey is there. <laughs> and that's that's amazing to see. Like there was just so many different pieces of media that I had already loved dearly. And then having Breaking Bad kind of fill in a lot of gaps that I had. And just really the own it's the show itself is fantastic. Like I was glued to my screen for probably a whole week just watching and all of the free time that I had with that show because it was a You a watched it joy. so fast. I did. I really did. Uh, I read all of Berserk uh, that was out when I first learned about it in like four days, which that's hundreds of chapters just morning to night. I did the exact same thing with Breaking Bad. <laughs> You went that whole time. You didn't mention my boy Bob. Your boy Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, he's he's. I, he's there's just so many amazing things about that because, like, even fucking uh, Bill Burr has a great role in that show. <laughs> you know, like, there's Bill a Burr lot of heroes that show up. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, one of the unsung heroes of I think this channel and anything else that. Dan and I will ever be involved in. Uh, he's made, he's produced like probably forty percent of all the great comedy, all the great te uh, television comedies. Uh, fantastic. I, I was I. One of my favorite parts of this year was getting texts from Dan about, oh, that's what that's from. Oh, okay, now I get it. Or it's like, wait, John Q was in the show, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course Q's in the show. Dude, can we talk about how fun it is when you have Danny going through something that you like and you get all those little update texts? Play by play it's, as it's happening to it's me. Such a joy in life. It's so good. D Dan's a great guy to show anything to. Anything. 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 I think the viewers at home should start sending Dan things. Yeah, things. Yeah, I would totally be open to that. Yeah. Just like pictures. All sorts of pictures things. Pictures of you or sure pictures of the outside are. of his house. Or... I don't know how to give viewers that play-by-play, -play, though. Like, that's also integral to the experience. It's called a podcast. They, they should, yeah, watch the podcast and the streams.
But it, for you, it's not as immediate as like I'm literally engaging with it and then texting one of the two of you about the thing <laughs> that you told me to enjoy. Like... Dan, I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to right now read off your phone number and then I'll put it <laughs> in the description. If, so anybody yeah, who wants can, to like, have text live text you updates. and be like, hey, I want the updates for when you watch the X-Files, which, by the way, watch the X-Files. You should watch the X-Files. I should watch, watch the X-Files. I was actually... Uh, as my childhood, my father watched the X Files a lot, and my mom thought that was going to do damage to my brain growing up. Well, and I probably did. got scared by some of that, actually. So it might be in there somewhere, and I'll unearth it as we watch X Files. Anything <laughs> that you can watch that has David Duchovny in it is uh, just a you should watch. watch. Yeah, <laughs> get on that quickly. I <laughs> I have a huge crush on David Duchovny. <laughs> I do too. People talk about how beautiful Gillian Anderson is, and they're right. But David Duchovny will always have my heart because of X Files. Oh, mine is obviously Twin Peaks, but you know. I think we all have the the FBI agent that lives in our hearts. Uh, <laughs> David For me, that's Duchovny still Dale is Cooper. A, a DEA agent, and I think a lot of us is Dale Cooper actually. Oh, technically, he's an FBI agent later. I'm gonna say Jodie Foster from Sons of the Lambs. Um. Anyways, Claire. Uh, when is your update for uh, Slip and Jimmy? I've already watched that. I did it in reverse order. Which you is watch weird. Slip and Jimmy next? <laughs> yeah. Well, not Slip and Jimmy, but like actually, Better Call. You know. <laughs> no, Slip and Jimmy. I'm There's not watching Slip and Jimmy. Why house? are you not gonna watch Slip and Jimmy? <laughs> Are you going to watch Slip and Jimmy? I we have to talk about Slip, Slip and Jimmy because I don't want to say the things that I have to say about Slip and Jimmy on air. Yeah, let's let's do... Okay, I'm going to veto us watching all of the Evangelion movies and we'll watch Slip and Jimmy for our next watch and hang we'll out with watch Kat. Ava with John again. Anytime we go to watch something with John, he's going to put on Slip and Jimmy and then I'm going to fight him. I'm so excited to watch <laughs> Slip and Jimmy. Uh, as much as I'm I've excited to talk about my third favorite thing, of 2022. Um, Slipping Jimmy. My third favorite thing was Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Oh, nice. Fair. We've Fair. already talked I've about this. this. Um, <laughs> there's a huge <laughs> segment on, uh, on, was it the last two podcasts ago? Yeah, it was our There's Halloween episode. Um, if you want to hear my thoughts, you can go. You can go listen to that on. Uh, you want to hear so our, many of our thoughts. Our Halloween episode. So I'm gonna do a sub number three. My favorite thing of this third favorite thing of this year was streaming with Danny. Yo, hey, it's been so good. Please check out the streams, guys, because it's really a blast. And I think that anyone that likes this podcast would like the stream just as much. And I, I hope even more so, just because like we're there and can engage. Yeah, it, it's been. We kind of talked about this. Me and uh, Dan have gone through Pikmin One, and I'm not going to reveal how it ends. Uh, very delightfully, there were some fireworks. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it fireworks in my heart for sure. Uh, but when we got towards the end there, um, we kind of had a little a. A little uh, gush session of how much fun we've had with streaming and how far we've come just with the first five of those Pikmin ones. And we've done some other ones where uh, we did other games 
But like, it was just fun to go through that stuff. And we're going to continue to do that in 2023 and hopefully grow that and this. But it's been a delightful time. You should go check out all of our episodes mm. um, on twitch.tv slash house streams. Um, and you can watch all the Pikmin episodes. They're available there. And you can watch any of our other VODs that are available. We played Gundam. That was an experience. Gundam one and a Hades one. I was I, I was lucky enough to be in both those. Those were fantastic. Yeah, and we have a colorful cast of characters join us uh, from time to time in the Pikmin streams too. James was on one of those too. Kristen was. I was. Uh, I don't want this. This isn't like a plug for our Twitch so much as it is like, I mean, John, I think it was really creatively how you brand. You did a brand during your list. But really i don't think it's like a side project or something like that i would say that it's just part of the overarching project yeah no it's uh we're this is my whole goal here is this is all under the the umbrella of the uh hot tea films which is a production company that i am trying to produce things out of so uh this and the stream are both things that we're putting a lot of work into to help grow that. And we're going to continue to uh, push that in 2023. And like I said, it like no jokes aside, I'm not trying to plug this. Um, it's just been a really good, delightful time sitting down and hanging out with uh, with buds because that's the that's the name of the thing. We hang out, you know? Hanging out, yeah. If we would plug it much more aggressively, if this was an actual plug, but it's uh, it's not like required reading or anything, but it's this. But in my opinion, it's much better because I'm on it somewhat less frequently. I don't think I just think it's a good time. I really like having it with John. If we could have heard some of the stuff that John and I were talking about after, you know, that was a that was between us, but really. All of this has been just a good connection point for friends who just needed some more of that, especially with the, the past couple of years feeling so distant. Yeah, because I live in made-up town, uh, city, place, and you live in real town, uh, place, town. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, like, uh, the biggest thing, and I kind of shared our mission statement in the first episode of the podcast, is the whole idea here is to be able to share things that we love, and the stream is another way to do that. Like, actively not only being able to share it with you guys, but being able to share it with each other. Um, Dan loves Pikmin. I never played Pikmin. Now, part of me loves Pikmin, too. Not a lot of me. Small angry part. Uh, so that was my number three. <laughs> that and Edge Runners. Edge Runners is really good. Uh, but I said my feel about Edge Runners. So go listen to that in our Halloween cast episode three. Thank you. Now, James, what are you going to talk about that was also in our episode three and also is your number three? I don't think it was an episode three. Was episode three that was the cyberpunk one, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Okay. No, this was not in that one. Um, my list ended up being kind of controversial. I put a lot of stuff on here that a lot of other people didn't like. Um, 
Glass Onion kind of got mixed reviews. That's like number seven or something for me. Uh, I think this is going to be my most controversial take. It might be my most controversial take of the podcast yet. <clears throat> Fucking lay it on us, dude. I'm so excited my, for this. My number three, the piece of media or literature that I enjoyed the most this year. Technically the third most. Saints Row, the remake. Saints Row 2022. What the fuck? I don't think anyone else liked this game. I'm making up for it. I like it enough to like have a, I would say, a sizable audience. I think from what you were telling me about your direct experience with the game, it's like you just didn't have any of the issues that everyone else was having when it came out, and I don't know how that I, happened. I experienced literally no bugs. Did you play it at launch? Yes. I picked it up certainly the week it came out. I think maybe the day it came out. I don't remember ever patching it, actually. Maybe I did. I just didn't experience. I thought I experienced a bug. I was actually. I was trying to pull a gun in like the safe zone, which is not a mechanic of the game. Maybe that's the problem. Is the bugs were in the patch? I that could be. That could be. <laughs> but uh, smell conspiracy. I think I like this game a lot. I I I played it pretty solidly. I'm gonna say like three. Like three full weeks of just every day, I would come home from work, or I would like, I would like pretend I was like on a call for like D and D or whatever. I was just playing Saints Row in the background. Uh, I the game takes place in the Southwest, and, and I really like media that takes place there. That's why I, 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 it's one of the reasons I like Breaking Bad so much. And this, this is absolutely a game that knows that Breaking Bad exists. Uh, there's a lot of fun references. Also, I love uh, I love open world crime simulators. I like just about all of them. So I'm kind of a mark. I was absolutely the target audience. I like this game so much more than Agents of Mayhem. I like it more than the first Saints Row, and in a lot of ways, I like it more than Saints Row the Third. Um, solid, that probably. Yeah, it's probably my third or fourth favorite Saints Row game, which means it's easily in my top 50, probably my top 25 games ever. It's. I understand that other people didn't like it. I understand that they didn't have as good of experience of it as I did. Uh, the humor didn't work for them. I laughed out loud uh, pretty consistently during the, during the, the game, the cutscenes, the banter, the whole of it. Uh, I thought the soundtrack was great. Soundtrack is a huge component of a Saints Row game. They have to nail that, and they absolutely did. Uh, I think the the aesthetic uh, cartoon wackiness with the weird mix of like realism, uh, delightful. I think that it, it the character designs of this game make a lot of sense for me. Uh, I like the story, too. I think the story for me shined through in a way that it doesn't with a lot of other Saints Row games. It's sort of an afterthought. I think the story for, like, Saints Row 2, you'll have, like, three missions that are actually important, like, per gang, and then at the end, there's an actual story. There's, a, like, a plot and an arc. Not the case here. There's a runner. There's, like, an things are actually happening in the world that motivate your characters in, I think, the first time for a Saints Row game. It's... I liked it so much, and... Thinking about it, writing about it for this podcast made me want to go play it again. That's how much I liked it. I did not do that for 
Like, I didn't go back and watch the Batman, or I didn't go back and, like, watch, uh, what's the other thing? I didn't go, I, I watched Falling for Christmas, and I was like, yeah, this is fun. It's a good time. I'm enjoying myself. I didn't go back, and I didn't watch Downton Abbey, A New Era. This is the only thing on my list, and I'm like, oh, I should go do that again. Okay. Delightful. That's crazy. I, I mean, it should get its dues if it deserves its dues, but I feel like this is the only podcast that will give it its dues. It's the only podcast that For will sure. rank it as Game of the Year, but it's absolutely my favorite game that came out this year. Can I change my number one to whatever James just talked about? <laughs> Thanks for 2022. I guess so. Okay. Uh, you know... Don't worry, though, guys, because uh, Volition is now part of Gearbox, so we don't have to worry about them making games ever again. Oh, thank uh, God. Well, shit. Yep. It's over. Thank God. Yep. Don't worry, guys. You know that game company, that, that, those, uh, those devs that came out with all those really great games? They're, it's done now. They had two bad ones in a row, so now it's over. Shucks. Cool. Well, I... I... Has everybody talked about their number three? Yep. Thank Wait, God. Has... Yeah. Uh, because we are so close to being perfect, sexy <laughs> being. And it's going to start, you're going to start seeing some like, some skin in number two. And I promise oh, that. Yeah. What does that mean? What the fuck? <laughs> what are you it's saying? Getting, it's getting risque in here. Are it's you popping get... your shirt off? Oh, my shirt has been off for a long time, James. <laughs> I podcast in the nude. Um, but, my dudes, uh, number two. James, you did such a good job with number three. I'm going to give you number two. Number one. What? <laughs> okay. Here, go. Go, Jim. Okay. Um, one second. One second. Cut this part out. No, absolutely keep this part this in. Is I want to know. I want the audience to know that James is floundering. No, I just had a lot of phlegm. I was drinking a lot of... I, I talked a lot about Saints Row, and then I drank a lot of uh, Pepsi Zero. So a, lot of, a lot of my... snot. My whole yeah, my whole life was a was a uh, mucus factory. Um, so I have for the past five years or so said frequently that Carly Rae Jepsen's 2015 album Emotion is the Led Zeppelin four of pop music, and I still agree with that statement. However, I'm amending it. Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion is actually the thin red line of pop music because she is the Terrence Malick of pop music. Every few years, Carly Rae Jepsen will just sort of stroll onto the scene and, you know, like, eh, I guess I can release an album. And it's the greatest album for pop music the, in, for uh, years. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen released The Loneliest Time uh, her uh, her 2022 album, which has some of the, the greatest tracks that she has ever released. It's a stellar album. Uh, it sounds fantastic. Uh, it's she's working in like a lot of different mediums. Uh, she, she has a lot of different sounds uh, that she's playing through this year. I almost gave this to my favorite musician of all time, Iggy Pop. 
Uh, he had a really fantastic couple of singles this year, uh, but I didn't think it was quite enough to release a full album. And then I listened to The Loneliest Time Again, and I was like, ah, never mind. Iggy Pop will get it next year. This is a stellar album. The Loneliest Time, listen to it. If you like pop music at all, listen to it. Yell yourself that much. It's stellar. Awesome. It's interesting to me that an album came out and like changed your landscape of music. Because when I when I thought about media that we experienced this year, like I have bands that I listen to that put out singles or albums. And yeah. I I never even that didn't ping on my radar That's because for me, like every music. time music comes out, like it just integrates into everything that I'm already listening to. It hits a playlist, it's in my brain. And then it just lives with me. <laughs> so I don't I don't know that I can just ever like separate it out into like, oh yeah, that came out and that like is such a banger that it's in the top ten. I can't recommend doing that hardly enough. I I I like uh obviously I like uh what do you call it? You know, the kind of music that yes does. Prog rock. <laughs> I like prog rock. So you have to think in those terms, and I think you could do this with most genres, but prog rock, it really stands out. If you're not thinking about it in terms of a, an album being a project, there's one idea that they want to drill down on, there's one thing they want to look at, then I think you're missing a lot of the, the general flow of the thing. And I think, I mean, first experiencing that for me was the Beatles. And I listened to a lot of them with, with John in, in high school. Not like in the same room, but we would listen to the same albums and talk about them. Uh, this, I think, I think pop music in general, you don't do that. And I think that we're really doing ourselves a disservice as, I mean, none of us make pop music, but as, as an audience for it, I think that we're doing a disservice because a lot of great albums have done that, even in the genre that's not known for it. Uh, and I think uh, Carly Rae Jepsen and Lady Gaga and uh, a little bit Demi Lovato, uh, I think they've all done that. And uh the fact that people aren't reviewing them in the same way, I think, is is kind of a shame. I think Anthony Fantano has done a lot of good work in that regard, but uh, he is the internet's busiest music nerd. He is far away the busiest music nerd. I'm. I've heard that. I wouldn't even call myself a music nerd, but I'm not nearly as busy as he is. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard both of those things. <laughs> I I've heard that. I've heard that. Um. So. I think. It's time. I, I'm, get, I'm getting cold away. I gotta step out. You guys keep going. Okay. He's gone. Sorry. Let's hope he's back for number one. But if not, you know, we'll make a guess. Or I'll put something there. Yeah, let's fill in Jimmy's number one with our own. Okay. It's well, another spot. <laughs> okay. If he's not here, we'll definitely do that. Okay. So, number two for me is gonna be Mother 3. Oh, shit. Did you finish it? No. Uh, wow, even still having not finished it, it's number two. I, I like to play my Mother 3 uh, one small hour at a time. And last time we talked about this, I was very high on it. Uh, I've continued through it, and I've continued to be very high on it. Um, it's just, it's something that has left such a big impact on me that, like, it's gone down as one of my favorite games of all time. So Mother 3 is 
uh, part of the Earthbound series. Um, it is the technically it would have been <clears throat> the U.S. got Earthbound, and that's all they got. Um, yeah. But Earthbound is Mother Two, so Mother Three would be the sequel to Earthbound. It never came out too, but it was a game on the Game Boy. Um, really got into emulation this year. That's how I've been playing this. It's been great. But what I love about it is how personal and emotional the story is. Um, and it's also a really competent RPG. Uh, I love the sprite work. It looks great. Um, all of these things similar to uh, Edge Runners, I have talked about on a site on another episode, and I believe I talked about it in episode two. So uh, it's very fitting that episode two is my second. The thing I talked about in episode two is my number two, and the thing I talked about in episode three is my number three. So, woo. Um, episode one has your number one spot then? Nope. <laughs> episode one has jimmy's number one spot uh so without further ado i don't want to take up everybody's time this is a game that if you have the means to emulate this or play this i think that everybody should play this game um the music <laughs> is phenomenal the art is phenomenal the characters are phenomenal um every time i play it even though i'm playing it in such short bursts i get to a very memorable moment that has stuck with me and has been such a emotional personal scene that i love this game more and more the more i play it maybe at the end of 2023 we can talk about it in its entirety but this game's great and despite me not finishing it it's up there for not only my personal list but for my top five things of 2022 list so without further awesome. ado well no before we move on <clears throat> i think it's important because it seems like you're taking small bites and they take a long time to chew through you know and whether it's because the narrative is so like meaty or it's you just really want to take your time with it i think that's something else I, I experienced with disco and i think rpgs that stick with you like that really are few and far between because every time that i took a break from disco it would linger in the back of my mind. And I was like, man, I really want to go back to that game. That game fucking kicked ass. But also I was afraid to go back because what if I, what if I ended it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so afraid of saying goodbye to mm -hmm. a, a game or experience that like is giving you those <clears throat> heavy feelings that you might be looking for. Well, like, and also a weird way, like, I think, it's very telling of a good, impactful game that no matter how much distance I get from Mother 3, I can come back and I remember everything. It's not like a lot of times when I go away from a game, I'll come back and I just restart it because I'm like, I don't remember what was going on. But like, right. you're right, it sticks with me. I, I am thinking about Mother 3 a lot throughout my day. Um, and I'm going to continue to think about it, you know? It's it's a very impactful game, and I think it's a very important game. And it's an absolute tragedy, and I'm sure everybody who's played it, say, it says the same thing, that we never officially got it in the U.S. But now that 
there are other ways to get it, you should get it and you should play it. I will look into doing that for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Will you look into telling me what your number two is? Yeah, and I'm sure this is probably not going to be a big surprise. Uh, it was, in fact, game of the year of 2022. Um, I just can't fucking get away from Souls titles. Elden Ring takes my number two spot. Um, and you might wonder, why isn't it number one? Yeah, uh, I was about to ask. This is really a big <laughs> surprise for for me, knowing you, that this isn't number one. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what you put as your number one and James's number one. It's funny because I, I might have lied a little bit earlier that I was like keeping my <laughs> my spots in order. Uh, I'll reveal that when we get to number one. But it's just that like even though um, Elden Ring is really huge for me because it's every time a Souls title comes out, I try to get on it day one. I want to be part of that experience with the community as it's happening. And like with Elden Ring, there was build up. There's a whole fucking subreddit where there was just fake lore, people making fan games. Like there was a whole Bloodborne cart made in like N64 graphics. <laughs> like the amount of people just putting their faith and love into like this, the idea of this game was so heartwarming to see. And it got really kind of crazy too. So like that was its own weird little bit of fun. And then the game hit and you're immersed like it's the first open world game that i've actually really thoroughly enjoyed because the way that fromsoft lets you just explore and i i think even though it was much earlier <clears throat> in the year i'm remembering going through and having all of those first time experiences like all of those were so unique um, <laughs> and finding out that even though in my playthrough, I, I tend to really just kind of focus on like the bosses and it turns into kind of like a boss rush mode. And that's a fine way to play the game. But like James picked it up after and he kept running into like NPCs and asked me if I had met someone. And I was like, I have no idea who the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you know, um, that was my favorite part of the game. <laughs> But we could all experience it in our own different ways, and we've all played it to different amounts, I'm sure. Uh, but I think every FromSoft title the year comes out is my favorite thing, and then stays towards the top for pretty long after. Like, I got pretty emotional for some of those NPC storylines as you go through them, and like the writing is always top notch. The environments are just the most wonderful vistas you could ever look at. And the gameplay is always exactly as tight as I want it to feel. And they they were dabbling with like fucking horse mounted combat and everything just comes together in this cohesive. And even though it's not direct, very narrative, very like immersive game that you could get lost for hundreds of hours in. And I certainly did. The the three the three people that we played with, or the, the I mean I guess there's me, Dan and another friend. We all had fairly different play styles, and I don't think any one of the ways that we played was like underserved by the mechanics. Like I did like I did like strength and faith. Dan did like pure strong and like horse stuff, 
And uh, another one of our friends was like, uh, know, he's a bleed build, but we don't hold that against him. Uh, <laughs> all three of us had a ton of fun stuff to, uh, to play with. Yeah, it's kind of funny from them coming from Sekiro going into this, where Sekiro was, you play this game how we're telling you to play this game. Very uh, right. reaction-based, um, kind of rhythm gamey ish to coming sure. back out to the most options and the most build your character how you want to that I think From Software has ever done. And the other thing is not even from a mechanic standpoint, like playing together, I always feel bad when I'm going through a FromSoft title with someone mm -hmm. because there's so much to explore and you can get lost in as much of the environment as you want. And I'll always try and like, I'm just driven to get to the next like story beat or new area or new experience because I just want everyone to see all the fun, cool stuff that I've seen. And I feel like I kind of can either step on the toes of someone's exploration, you know, and it, it's hard for me to not <laughs> uh, pet the dog too hard, I guess, <laughs> when it comes to sharing that experience, <laughs> you know, I just am so fucking excited every time I get to have. I'm going to say that someone. my, my number one uh, piece of media this year is probably, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, what is the name of the book that that's from? <laughs> the Steinbeck. Oh, it's uh... Mice and Men. God, I had an aneurysm. Uh, also, Elden Ring. It's my favorite Souls game. It didn't make my list this year. Uh, that speaks to the quality of other of other titles on this list, for in my opinion. But uh, uh. George R. R. Martin, uh, great world, great story. Uh, it's the first FromSoft game where it's like, it's not like I'm caring about the lore. I'm like, actually, like the story that's currently happening is engrossing me. Yeah. I want to go to these locations because I want, because like someone told me to, or because this interesting thing happened, not just because it's like, oh, I bet there's going to be a cool dungeon there. I want to fight that boss. Yeah. I, uh, I think that where Danny talks about a lot of wanting to get to the next thing, I think a lot of my favorite memories of Elden Ring were not only playing with Skylar and just messing around in places, but just looking at stuff and looking at the world building that the environmental design had for you and talking to characters and being able to interact with somebody and them saying something and it was like, oh, that's what that weird room I walked into was all about, you know? Like, there right. was such a delicious uh, intrigue in everything that the world built up and then hearing people also back that up in the world and then meeting characters that I cared about. Like, um, I'm sure I, I'm not, like, a Souls guy like Danny is, and I'm sure that there are other examples of this, but it's like, I I felt like I wanted to help some of the people. I felt like there was so many more people that were like actively part of the world as opposed to people that were just like hanging out, you know? Like, I felt like the, the uh, what is it called? The, the stronghold. Um, uh, like, 
Which stronghold? Can you give us a little more? <laughs> the 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 place There's you like go to. Oh, uh, Red Main Castle. Just no, the place that you go to where all of the other tarnished are. Oh, oh uh, um, round table. Round, hold. Yeah, round yeah. table hold. Like I felt that the world building in that made me feel that these characters were also characters that were coming in and stopping there, and they were still actively out in the world, and I felt like you don't necessarily get that as much with a Souls game where everybody is just kind of there and you learn about their stories. Well, like, they also felt like they were out in the world because they literally were, well, yes, too. Fair <laughs> enough. But, like, I, I felt like that was doubly so in this. And I think that if I would have put more time into this Souls game, it could have made my top of my list, but sadly it's not on here either. Or is it? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> who who could possibly tell? Um, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about with with this one? No, I think we've talked about it more on another ep. So yeah, that was if you want episode. Other... Also, too. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so, last but not least, <clears throat> to shed his his unsexy body. Skylar, what's your mm -hmm. number two of two, zero, two, two? Uh, I don't know. I didn't think I'd get this far. <laughs> Damn it. Then why'd you put three things in number three? I that. That's no, awesome. I, I, I love forgot that he did, did that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm drawing up a blank. I got nothing. Skylar also <laughs> really liked uh, Elden Ring. Can I use Skylar slots for my runner-ups? No. God damn, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we take another step to full transformation. And we're we're almost there, guys. We're on we're the track of 2023. We can be released from the shackles of 2022. We're, we're rattling the chains. We're banging on the door on our way out. We sure are. And we're going to go with our number ones. But before that, do you guys have any honorable mentions that you want to talk about? Not like a huge dedicated thing, but things that didn't make your list that you still want to say, hey, this is a cool thing. I have the other five on my top ten. <laughs> uh, I'll go real quick for my two. I kind of briefly touched on it earlier with other like card deck building things. Uh, I really got into Slay the Spire this year. Uh, you were playing that game for months. It was awesome. That game's tight as hell. Uh, if you really like deck building and like roguelike games, that shit is infinitely replayable. It is so meaty in its mechanics, and it gives you a lot of freedom to play through any sort of rule sets you want. Um, it's just a really good time. And it was free on PSN. Uh, even even if that shit was like 60 bucks new, whatever you could find it on, it's worth 100%. Even 60. I would have paid, I would have easily paid 20 for that. Easily. Um, that's an honorable mention. And <laughs> Jimmy's going to be mad about me for moving what was my number one into an honorable mention slot. Something else came up. Uh, 
I have to put Star Trek DS9 as an honorable mention because that's absurd. I know it's great. It was. I it has to get moved on here because something else came up. We'll talk about it in a minute. That's, I can't uh, believe <laughs> Slippin' Jimmy came and took your number one <laughs> over DS9. I, I, viewers at home, I don't know if I've talked about DS9 yet. DS9 yeah. is in my top five of all time. On my deathbed, when I release that episode of this podcast, when I record it, <laughs> DS9 will probably be number three. Yeah, we've talked about DS9 on the podcast before, I'm pretty sure. I, I can't tell, Dan. I'm always talking about <laughs> DS9. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and like Jimmy and I watched it. Pretty much together. I, I'm pretty sure we like stuck through that. I wanted large to swaths of it. The <laughs> first two was, seasons and the last season. It was. I liked it more than a lot of TNG. It, they're still both really good Star Trek. Uh, there's just so many character developments that happen and plot threads that are so much more in depth. Um, DS9 is a really great science fiction show and uh in fact i was at work the other day and someone had to ask me if i was like star trek or star wars and <laughs> i actually answered that i'm a trekkie now because i feel like i've yeah, yeah. experienced enough yeah you, and like i never would have it. an answer for that before but now i'm like no i'm in this camp i'm i'm this kind of guy i will promote star trek to people because it's fucking awesome yeah i made him sick <laughs> <laughs> you've ruined this man <laughs> I'm not sick enough to like learn Klingon or anything, but oh, you give it a couple more years. I'm not that sick. I picked my fake language horse. I I know a little Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, those are my two runner-ups. Okay, James, do you have any uh anything you want to honorable mention? Uh, I can give you. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Here, I'll I'll go through these quick. We don't have to talk about them. I watched uh, Falling for Christmas, Ambulance, the Michael Bay movie, uh, and I watched Avatar 2. I thought all those were great. In any other year, they would have been on my list. My following list, the, the rest of my top 10, at number 10, I also have Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I thought that was a great show. That's, the, that's I think, the only trigger anime that I like. Uh, Downton Abbey, The New Era, number 9. Saw that theatrically. Great movie. I like Downton Abbey a lot. I think this is the best Downton Abbey has been since season three. I adored this movie. Uh, number seven. Uh, nope. Number eight. The Batman. Uh, this is... I don't like comic book movies. I like Batman movies. This is the best one. Go see it. Uh, coming in at the actual number seven. Glass Onion. I really like this movie. I thought that everyone turned in a stellar performance. I love a murder mystery. And Ben Shapiro yet again was wrong about something. And at number six, I have Citizen Sleeper, uh, a really fun, I, I guess it's cyberpunk, but it's like more of a deep, deep space sci-fi. It's not like on an impoverished Earth, it's on an impoverished uh, space station. Excellent game for this. a lot of the same reasons as Teenage uh, Exocolonist, uh, a lot of great sci-fi themes wrapped in a very familiar story package. A lot of great characters. Uh, a lot of great thematic content. Uh, yeah, those are some of the things I liked this year that came out this year. I should clarify. Okay, so I'm only gonna... for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan. Big oh. recommend. That's a great Christmas <laughs> romance movie. 
I'm gonna get into some of my runner-ups. Um, I I've been working on a big project. Um, and this is to be saved for other podcast stuff, and eventually maybe something else. Um, but while I have the time, uh, I'll give a couple of shout-outs to a few movies, a show, and a game. Uh, a few movies. I've been watching a fucking shit ton of Godzilla boys. <laughs> Dude, Godzilla's so good. I've uh, I've watched at this point. I want to say twenty movies in the last. Oh man, two three oh, months. <laughs> um, he's oh, doing the deep God. dive. I'm doing the deep dive. Uh, so it makes me... sense for John to be the Godzilla guy. Yep, he's he's the mad of our best friends. I think. Let me go in here. I have a giant list, by the way. I've ranked all of the eras <laughs> of film and then all of the films in correspondence. You might say, we have a kaiju-sized list? A kaiju-sized list. So, Did we watch King of the Monsters in IMAX? Yeah, we watched King of the Monsters in IMAX. Great time. Yes. We've, Still, we've I think... seen Shin Godzilla and King of the Monsters in theaters. Together. Excellent films. It was a great time. We, we Excellent got films. Uh, so... I want to shout out, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to do three of them. Um, first one is called Godzilla vs. Hedora. Uh, this is called uh, the Art House, uh, <laughs> Art House Godzilla. I'm um, already about it. There are, what this is, is Godzilla fights the embodiment of pollution. Yes! Um, Yo! Yes. This this alien comes to Earth and starts eating pollution from the uh uh oceans and gets bigger and bigger and then he's like I need more pollution. So he comes out to land. This <laughs> pollution monster um is uh so deadly that when he flies over people, they just literally turn into skeletons. Awesome. Um this is the movie in which Godzilla, to chase Hedorah, has to use his atomic breath to fly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is getting into a little bit of stuff, and I'll talk more about Godzilla at a different time. Um, <laughs> the the Godzilla man will who, continue in the next time. Who directed this movie? Um, it was such a a like. Everybody at Toho hated it so much that they banned this man from ever making a Godzilla movie ever again. But this director was so set on making a Godzilla movie, he continued to try to make deals for years and years. And eventually, he came over to, uh, I want to say Legendary, and uh, yes. got a deal with them. And this man... Uh, in his last year of life, launched the legendary MonsterVerse. He was uh, credited as an executive producer on Godzilla 2014. And because he wanted to make a Godzilla <laughs> movie, movie so much, he started like, like the, a lot, the best American versions of Godzilla. And I love Dude. that. He is credited in every Godzilla movie after that. 
as like a, a credit uh, post-mortem. And I, oh. I think that that's fantastic that they just banned him. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like fucking Goto, dude. It's like, he's too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> he made something so good that uh, like the world, he was, he was tasked with creating something and they were like, you, it, no one can use this. Um, <laughs> there was an Athenian general named Alcibiades that he got exiled from Athens during the Peloponnesian War, and he went over and he taught he taught the Spartans how to build a navy, and then they won that war and ruled Greece until Alexander invented a spear that was two feet longer. That man is the Alcibiades of Godzilla. Yeah. He, he was like, you know what? They don't appreciate they don't appreciate my genius over here, and he he left to go fix Godzilla over here. Uh, I super recommend you guys looking up Godzilla versus Hedorah. You don't need any prior watching. Trust me. Everything during <laughs> during uh, the early Godzilla is very much a monster of the week sort of thing. You know, Godzilla's a lizard, and he's gonna go fight things. That movie. Do you great. need prior context for any Godzilla movie? Uh, sometimes later, the there's some go. continuity buildup, but not okay. in these early ones. Um, <laughs> so the next one I want to talk about is uh, I want to say from 1999. Is it 99? It might be 92, actually. Are you talking about the Future Wars or whatever it's called? No, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm really okay. excited. I've got another bit of trivia with that. Um, but okay. that's, that's I'll shut up about that for uh, now. The next one I want to talk about is Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Um, yeah, this is that's a, my boy. This is the bringing back of King Ghidorah. <laughs> um, Toho is a terrible company, and they keep yeah. wanting more out of less. Uh, the ending of what is called the Showa era of Godzilla is like ripe with like just crazy uh, scenery usage. Um, one of the saddest things that happened in that is like they were under budget in every single one. And uh, the, the King Ghidorah suit to be able to make it fly, I think you needed, uh, God, was it like 25 strings? Um, so oh my God. In, the first, uh, in the first thing with King Ghidorah in it, you have Mothra. And Mothra had already been established, but you couldn't have Mothra and King Ghidorah in the same scene because you couldn't have their wings flap because you didn't have enough people to just physically use the wires. Um, so that's why in the first uh, movie with King Ghidorah in it, you get Larva Mothra because they didn't want another flying monster. <laughs> Eventually, um, it got bad where like they'd have Ghidorah show up and he'd just be gliding through the air, his his wings wouldn't move. Um, awesome. And then, like, dude, there were so many uh, Godzilla suits that just got destroyed when they were doing special effects, and I think that one did not last. So King Ghidorah had been out of it for a while. Uh, but he comes back in the Heisei era, and oh my god, this movie is fucking insane. Uh, there's time travel, there's dinosaurs, yeah. there's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this part where they try to take Godzilla out of the timeline so he can't exist, but then they're like, yeah. there's nuclear waste everywhere, so no matter what we do, Godzilla will always exist. <laughs> and then the ending is a fucking, like, uh, 
like Freddy versus Jason ending or monster movie ending where it's like Godzilla has finally been destroyed and then it shows him under the water and he opens up his eyes. The movie fucking rocks, dude. This movie sounds so awesome. Uh, definitely check that one out too. Um, what I did, I Godzilla versus Hedora. Mm. Uh, I think you can find that on YouTube just fine. Um, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. We, I can send you guys uh, a link. We don't believe in piracy here at the Howcast. Okay, except so, except probably from Toho because genuinely they are the villains of the Godzilla story. Oh, dude! Like you just <laughs> read anything and you start seeing how much they don't want to put money into things, but they still. Want I wish so succeed. badly that Godzilla would Frankenstein the guys at Toho. Like if any if anyone deserves to be destroyed by their own creation. God, I I wish. Um, so a show. Um, I'm trying to be fast. I I'll, I'll go as fast as possible. Um, I took my sweet time. You're probably okay. This is gonna be four hours. We're all right. Oh uh, yeah, we'll be fine. Uh, so when I talked about this show last time on the podcast, I came at a weird angle that I was like, oh, I don't necessarily think I like this. I have finished Berserk Memorial Edition. Oh, Yo! Cool. Oh my god. That is, that's also not at number one. It's not at number one. No. Um, so, uh, Berserk Memorial Edition, a lot of the complaints I had were they're trying to rush to get to things, um, and they're already creating, taking from what is a rushed movie <laughs> to, uh, to get through this series, and it was like, I heard they were going to add more scenes, and... I was kind of disappointed that at that point they hadn't. Well, they do. Uh-huh. Um, That's good. It gets to the point where, like, they they bring back, like, the uh, Campfire of Dreams scene, which wasn't in the movies. And You mentioned that specifically to me. It's a really good scene. I mean, like, I've seen it happen a bunch of times, but, you know, it, it, it looked pretty okay. But it's then, never not going to be great. <laughs> But then they end up bringing back, um, bringing back the bar scene, but instead of uh, it being Judo and Corcus talking to Guts, it's just Judo and Corcus talking. And I kid you not, it's for the majority of the episode, and it's just them talking about like where they want to be in life. Um, they have the scene where uh, Judo's just like, "Hey, what do you think of Casca?" And Guts is like, oh, she's just a war buddy. And then Judo gets real mad. And then there's a point where Guts is just like, yeah, dude, I I think I might like Casca, but I really just have to work on myself right now. And I thought that was sweet. And then they add some more non-canon scenes. And one of the one of the best scenes that I think they added out of anything in the Berserk movies was uh Guts and Casca at the dance. Like, I love everything to do with that, with them having such a good time. They're, like, building that relationship, and it's some of the best Berserk that, mm. like, I've ever seen, and it's not from Mira proper. Um, but they have a scene where Casca and Guts talk about what happened to Guts as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought it was really beautiful. And... Then they get they get to a point where uh, just because they built up that relationship so much better, they like 
kind of tore apart the Guts and Griffith relationship, but they built oh? up Guts and Casca so much more that when you get that the makes ending, a lot of sense. The ending where like he's like, oh god, everything happened. Where's Casca? And he gets to see Casca, but he realizes that's not necessarily Casca anymore. It hits so much harder. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how I felt about it. It's a really good good uh <clears throat> ending for everything. Like I I I think that similar to the movies, it really nails that last half. Uh I recommend going and looking for it. Um, Before we move off of this, because I, it's a fucking shame that in 22, we got new Berserk media in chapters and like this new reboot of it. And like, it's not at the top of our lists. Like that's, that's so sad. It is sad. You know, but there are some new chapters that, if I really thought about it, which would make me too sad, I could put there because some of those end chapters were, weren't those the end chapters? Uh, the last one that we've seen leaves us in an interesting place, and I do want to see where we go from there this year. I'm talking like, about specifically the end of the mirror chapters, I think, came out this year, yeah? I That should have been back in, like, July, yeah? Yeah, but it's still this year. I think so. So, yeah, it it I I should have put that there. You know what, Danny? Um, did you already say what your number one was? <laughs> no, you're still in your <laughs> no, runner up. Can't go there. Okay. Uh. Okay. The last thing I'm gonna talk about is Luigi's Mansion. I played Luigi's <laughs> Mansion this year for my scary game. Um, yeah. I love that game. It's That's like so baby's first Resident Evil. You just go into rooms and suck up ghosts and get treasures. So good. I loved it so much that I played every other Luigi's Mansion. They're also very good. Ass, dude. <laughs> They're very <laughs> good. Um, now, I was like, man, this is a good game. And then he just completes the whole series. Now. Yeah, it's that good. We are going where no one has gone before. Skyler's runner-ups? Oh, Skyler, do you have any? Well, Skyler didn't have a number two. How is he going to have runner ups? Skyler, I think that would be incredible, actually. <laughs> Skyler, do you have any runner ups? Uh, let me put my. Actually, I'm on my switch. Uh, okay. Uh, um, does, he, does he sound much worse? Uh, than Dragons and Builders is really fun. Uh, I started playing that at the beginning of last year. What's that? Like? I really liked it. It's like, so I like Minecraft. I used to like Minecraft. I used to play a lot. Uh, I'd get bored and lonely pretty easily. Um, Oh. I kind of like the Dragon's Builders too. Gives you like actual NPCs and things to do in the world, along with building your own stuff. So yeah, I, I kind of dig that game. Feels good. Trying to get people to get the second one on Switch so they can play with me. But wow, that is know. such a dig at Danny. Yeah, I also dislike Danny greatly. Yeah, I can't believe he wouldn't play Dragon Quest Builders with me either. You know what? Fuck Dragon Quest. Wow. Wow. You can't just say that about Skyler's potential runner up, maybe number two, maybe number one. Uh, I was also pretty excited that we got a release date for Tears of the Kingdom. There you go. With a name. That's there's that. Uh I'm also excited that Danny got his Pikmin 4 announced. Yeah, you did. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been waiting for literally like 13, 14 years, but I, I don't think board. I can interact with two screenshots and like a bullboard sleeping <laughs> that much, <laughs> you know? I think well, you can. No, listen, I don't think you're trying hard enough. Listen, at least you oh, other people are happening, right? <laughs> Do you think we're going to play listen, as man, Olimar's son? Olimar Jr.? Cool. Dude, uh, what if that's happening? What if Captain it's like Jr. the darkest possible timeline and it's Olimar's son and the first Pikmin he pulls out is the pick Olimar Pikmin? Oh, and it gets that gets fucked up. He Why goes back. Yeah. What do you mean? Because his dad fucking died on that planet and his son goes back to find he the corpse of him. Well, it depends. Anyways, that's that what that depends. would mean, James. I don't know what to, I don't I've never played a Pikmin. You should read into the Pikmin lore. I hear it's very expansive. Well, uh, there's some guys who did some streams of it this year that I heard about. Oh, it there's a second cool. that somebody brings up lore, lore and I say that that's stupid. <clears throat> Let's move on. So, that's not the place to get it. So find different resources. Uh my Chopper and Ditto are too busy playing with balls to make babies. Oh, there's some babies in that basket, man. Oh, no, 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 no. It says you pick. Oh, now there's an egg making me a liar. Okay. Did okay. Let's see how it is. What is happening? Huh? He's breeding Pokemon. It's okay. Yeah, I got one of those. Pokemon Frieza. I was, I was promised explicitly there would be no Pokemon in this episode. No. no Anyways, uh, well, I've <laughs> already talked about Pokemon. Okay. I, no, it's just, we always have to talk about Pokemon. Ready? Course. We're getting into one. We are on the peak of the mountain. We are ready to descend into 2023, but we Do must I have to run around. Is that what makes it work? But we must defeat the number one spot on our list, and we are going to start out with. I think James. I think I'm going to pick James. Okay. Uh, we could do that. Uh, okay. I, earlier today, I watched a movie with my mom, and it was called The Menu, and it's the best movie that came out this year. Uh, The Menu is very nice, it's very good, I enjoyed it a good deal. It has Ralph Fiennes and Nicholas Holt from... Uh, you know Nicholas Holt? He played Tony on uh, on Skins. It's a great, great program. Um, a lot of fun actors in this movie. It's great. So they uh, the this this group of uh, of uh, so and sos, uh, real movers and shakers in the world, go to a cool boutique experience restaurant on an island. Uh, and then things go a little bit pear shaped, and it becomes a horror movie. And it is excellent. Okay. I wasn't on until you said the word that I like. Yeah. So I really like movies that are about cooking. I like <laughs> Chef. I like uh, uh, I like <clears throat> Burnt, the Bradley Cooper movie. Ratatouille. I don't actually like it all that much. I think it's fine. Uh, it's one of my favorite Pixar movies, but I don't. And uh, Pixar in general doesn't do much for me. Uh, I'm more of a Monsters Inc. kind of guy. Uh, the menu is 
I think I can say it's about the creation of art. Of course, Ralph Fiennes plays Ralph Fiennes plays a chef, and he talks a lot about his medium of art being food. It's a he's a culinary artist, and uh, he wants to express that to people. Unfortunately, all the people in his restaurant the night that he serves this special menu are. Uh, charlatans uh people who mostly care for influence <clears throat> uh people that want to use his restaurant and his name to further their own goals and uh he feels uh he he equates himself in many ways to uh a prostitute uh and i'm going to say i'm going to give you the theme of the film because i think the theme is the part that sells it for me it's the part that sold me on it uh, he's an artist working in a capitalist system, which means necessarily that he has to whore himself in order to make his own art, which makes it worse. It makes him miserable to think about the art of creation. And so he takes it out on people, and it's fantastic. It sounds tasty. <laughs> nice, nice. That's a good one. I've been, I've been loaded that one up at the start. I didn't want to ask you when you thought of it because <laughs> I thought the, that would be rude at the start of the podcast. Nice. I was hoping uh, some no. food related something would come out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the menu is the greatest movie that came out this year, and it had extremely tough competition. I'm glad that I actually remember that it came out this year, so that I could start it last night. And finish it this morning. <laughs> I I lucked out because I would have missed my movie of the year. Literally, genuinely, literally, Indiana Jones under that door. Yeah, I I reached through and I picked up a Blu-ray copy of of the menu, uh, underneath the falling stone door. Uh, it is fantastic. If you are an artist or you you really make anything for other people. Even if you just work a job, like just like a real job, go watch the menu. It is the most cathartic and delightful film that you can watch this year. Goddamn. Yeah, I I think we should stop the podcast and go watch it. Yeah, I would no other number do, one could compete. I would love to do uh, everything all the time in your face episode, but with the menu right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's think about it. Let's think about it. Let's think, think about, about it for later. Let's think about it. Okay, so. Sure. You know what else we should think about? What Danny possibly has is his number one, since he decided to turn his back on James and also turn James' back on him and then stab a knife into unfair. his back. As I turned do not know what John is talking about, Remember but I'm he, so excited he to said, hear your number one, Dan. He said that he yeah. wasn't going to put DS9 on there? He was never going to put DS9 on there. Elden Ring came out this year. I'm just excited to hear what beat Elden Ring. Elden <laughs> Ring was genuinely number two. I was going to put DS9 above that until I remembered that the, the other thing changed. we did in 2022 is I started DMing a D&D campaign with many of my friends. That has been... You think that the garbage Pathfinder nonsense that you've been putting us through is better than DS9? Wow. I'm going to drive to your house and thank you, because it has been an experience. 
I don't know how to react to that <laughs> in any way. I feel like you mean that to be a compliment. I, I, I don't. The wind his is number one could very easily be my number one as well. It looks like D and D is back on the menu. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> But really, like, it's been a foray into an aspect of role-playing that I've never taken on in earnest before. And running this campaign for these guys has been kind of transformative of that. And that's been, like, a huge part of my life for at least half of it, like, 13 years. So being able to do this and have such a fun time regularly with so many of my friends is something I can't recommend highly <laughs> enough to anyone who thinks that, you know, maybe you haven't tried role-playing in any sort of system before, or like if you want to test that out, or maybe if you played and haven't DM, like just, just do it. Just get these people back together and have collaborative fun because it's easily the most rewarding experience that you can give a friend group is just that getting back together, hanging out, throwing dice, and having a good time. It has been a really exceptional experience. And I am every week I look forward to it. Except of course for this week where I have other plans. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a whole bunch of fun, and it's such a nice, genuine thing that your favorite thing of this year is hanging out with your friends. I feel like that's the theme of the whole whole podcast. You really, you done it, boy. I think yeah, he really yeah. nailed it. I think. I that, mean, when you brought up the stream for your number three, I was like, oh yeah, that's just I. I've been doing that for ten months now with with many friends, and I was like, I I just it's like you know with the music conversation something that's just been what we've been doing and it's like oh wow no but i've been doing it like pretty much every week for many months and it's easy to forget that that sort of thing is that influential you know yeah so it's like no oh, yeah that's a good number one <laughs> i honestly didn't think that those things counted i gotta say that haiti stream <laughs> is absolutely my honorable mentions but <laughs> i don't know like can we send people to go watch that yeah, we could. I'll, I'll okay. Leave. It was awesome. Um, okay, that's literature. That I mean, I liked it less than the menu, but I think I like. I don't know. I I liked being alive this year less than I liked the menu. That's an excellent movie. <laughs> so, okay. My number no, one last... D campaign is legendary. Legend. Well, do you guys want to share any like favorite memories from it? I'll have you start with that, James. Uh, okay. Um, Dan, Dan sent us to a goblin town, which is not great. <laughs> I play a drow, and uh, there's a lot of... Okay, so there's an aspect of Bullet Train where Brad Pitt is playing like, a, like an assassin hitman, like GTA protagonist type. You know, he does vague criminal activities for large sums of money. But he's trying to get out of the game, and he's spending a lot of time in therapy. 
And so most of the time that he's interacting with these other uh, villainous characters, he's telling them about how he's bettering himself and how he wished that they would do the same. I like to think that my Pathfinder character is going on a similar journey of self-discovery. And that I've spent a lot of the game with knee-jerk reactions going one way and then my character needing to, to go in a different dimension. And the being able to experience that has been great. There's a goblin that wanted to charge somebody with a crime, and so we had to do an episode of Law and Order, but with <laughs> goblins? Excellent. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's extremely good. Um, I like that we get together in person, like, regularly, to to play this game, and it has been a weekly highlight. Also, um, we killed a dragon in a really cool way, and then we took a train, and I love the train. I think every D&D game should have trains. The train was cool. I thought that was a really nice moment for you guys to, like, have a weird character experience that's like, oh, like, what if someone from the fucking medieval era got on a regular ass like bullet train and there was like potato chips in a bag? <laughs> so weird. Uh, um, one of my like... other highlights as a DM, something that I did to kind of like push myself in a new direction. Uh, there was a point where I'd thrown a pretty powerful bad guy at the party, and uh, it ended up separating everyone. Um, and then we did a bunch of one-on-one -on -one sessions to try and get everyone to regroup. And I thought that was a really fun way, because like not everyone has like that spotlight on them at the table every time that we gather. And then being able to just be like, no, we're going to do this for however long you want to give the today's your day. And then right. trying to weave that together. That was really fun and interesting to do. I, that's the first time I think I've ever seen or played a game where there's like a solo component that isn't like an episode, like a like a pre-roll, like a character trailer thing. Yeah. That's the first time that's ever really worked out for me in a in a tabletop RPG, and it was excellent. I'm really glad I, you enjoyed that. I did. I'm sorry I forgot the hook that you told me. <laughs> that that was uh, it gave my character amnesia i didn't remember the other party members and then i because i have amnesia didn't remember that my character had amnesia uh, and i ruined a plot hook oh it's okay it's not the first time it won't be the last <laughs> fair enough okay well <clears throat> it's time for my number one, it lacks zero sentiment. Um, one Punch Man. No. I've already teased it. Uh, my number one is... Doesn't need to come out this year. <laughs> uh, is uh, Godzilla. Godzilla. The original? Godzilla 1954. Yeah! Aw, shit, baby. Um, what a movie, huh? So, what a fantastic movie. Um, Godzilla is known for being a very wacky series. I literally just tell, told you guys about how much I loved um, Godzilla using his atomic breath flies. to fly. 
and like people literally <laughs> turning into skeletons. Um, I went into the first Godzilla expecting that. Uh, what I didn't expect was an extremely harrowing uh, anti-nuke story. Um, oh, yeah. Just like, there's still goofy things. Like, they kill Godzilla with a weapon called the Oxygen Destroyer. Um, awesome. And that's really cool. Uh, but it's like, this movie is so burned into my mind not because a giant lizard is going and stomping on things, but the scenes afterwards where you have children crying over uh, their their mothers dying of radiation sickness um, and just like the aftermath of what that does to something and it holds on there and it makes it such a point to talk about how terrible Godzilla being the analog for the nuke is and the idea of humanity moving on to the next thing that is the next weapon. And you have such a beautiful message where you have your scientist character literally burn all of his paperwork and then kill himself with his weapon while killing Godzilla so they can't ever make it again. Um, it, they can't ever make the oxygen destroyer Yeah, again. no more oxygen destroyers ever again. Right. Um. And Not, I just I it I thought for a second I was like wait did the scientists make Godzilla I didn't remember okay so like, no, no no technically kinda did. maybe it depends well, on American scientists it, did it depends on what's going on um what lore you're in uh but like getting into that and that being my first taste of Godzilla expecting the later like goofy stuff of time travel and you started with Godzilla oh. It all started with, like, this amazing, like, anti-war, anti-nuke message that, like... Oh, yeah. ...is a genuinely, like, hard-to-watch movie in some parts. And then well, there's I mean, a man in made, a like, rubber suit. Well, years inside of it, right? Like, it, that was fresh as mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's a fantastic movie. It launched this... <laughs> big dumb project I'm working on uh, and I'll always remember Godzilla. It's not my favorite Godzilla movie because Shin Godzilla still exists. But I it's my second favorite. And without further ado, Skylar, do yes. you have a number one? I thought that last one was the number one. Okay. Um... I watched a few episodes of One Punch Man with Dez and John. It started with just Dez, but then John came and was like, hey, what's up, guys? And we started watching him. And I was like, you know, I thought I was going to hate this, but I can't help it. I think this is pretty good. Why did you think you were going to hate it? Because I, I don't know. I just thought, are you not familiar? Uh, John, I don't think he's familiar with the cycle. Skylight doesn't like anything. The only way that you can get Skyler to like something is to trick him to engage with it, and then eventually you'll wear him down, and he'll be like, "Yeah, that was my favorite thing ever." Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, I uh, feel like it's gonna be funny when we do the 2024 review of 2023, and then this episode makes the top of our our lists unanimously. It's just the best thing we've ever made. But that's no, true. I, 
I agree. It's been a really fun time doing this and we're going to continue to do it in the future. And uh, I can't wait to see what the next year holds out for us. Holds out for us. That's not right. Holds for us. Um, it can hold out. It can hold out. Uh, but without further ado, we are washing ourselves of 2022 and we are launching into how 2023 and we hope you come with us we hope so we'll see you better we'll see you in the the next one or on our stream boy happy new year everybody (laughs) 